And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The Kellen and Alex Show. The Kellen and Alex Show with our special guest team. Special guest, Bridget. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and co 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 host, Jocelyn, back for the third time. Heck yeah. Talking about big families, of which, okay, I'm oldest of 11. Bridget, you are oldest of seven. Dang. Jocelyn oldest is, of six, yeah. And, and you're the third. Fourth, fourth. youngest of five. Yeah, second. Baby yeah, you baby. I so, have a baby family. My parents couldn't do it because they're, with their training and everything, they couldn't have kids till they were like 30s. Oh, yeah, because they were. Family. They got married late. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because they had to go through medical school and all in residency and, and college and everything. So they couldn't have kids for like 10 years. My parents got married at 22. <laughs> my parents got married really young, too. I think yeah. my mom was my age. She was like 20 and my dad was 23. <laughs> my parents did long distance for seven years. That's insane. And that was without cell phones. So basically what happened was <laughs> they met at a carnival. My dad was 19. My mom was 16. <clears throat> this is back in Oakland. And... um my dad was selling popcorn and my mom was doing funnel cakes. Eventually saw each other, <laughs> started talking. This is literally a Hallmark They started movie. talking and uh, they were in high school. And then when they graduated high school, they went to, my dad went to Oakland High. My mom went to Skyline. So they were rival high schools actually. But <laughs> well, when they graduated high school, my dad went to uh, University of California, Los Angeles. And then my mom went to UC Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley, which is right in San Francisco. Uh, so one of them was in Los Angeles. One of them was in San Francisco. Not too far, a good seven seven hours drive straight south. But yeah, they had no cell, cell phones at that time. So uh, what they would do is they would write letters to each other. Uh, very romantic. And then they would also have those like pay phones. So like put 75 cents in <laughs> for another like three, five minutes. <laughs> this is a movie. <laughs> Once again. This is a movie. <laughs> and then they got married after uh, college. So my dad was, I think my dad was 27 or something. My mom was like 24. Uh, and then they went to medical school together. And then after that, they went to a residency in Fresno. And uh, the rest is history, I guess. Thank you. It's pretty late. Yeah. How old are your parents? When my you parents were 21 and I think 23. So they were also pretty young. Yeah. How, how old are your parents now? They are an age. <laughs> I can't do math at all. Like 50s or? Um, no, I think my mom is. Oh my gosh. If my mom listens to this and I say too high of a number. I think. <laughs> uh, 74? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're still in their 40s. Yeah, same. Oh, the, how old, same how old as are, well. Yeah. My parents are in their 40. 60s. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. like my grandparents' age. Yeah. Sorry. That's, my friend's dad is great. 80 years old. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> like, honestly, that'd be like the youngest siblings for us because like mm -hmm. they're going to grow up with like such old parents. Isn't that crazy? Like, 15 year difference. Yeah, I mean, my parents are like still, I mean, my, my dad was my age when, well, let me see, he was 23 when I was born. Yeah, right? same. And it, like, my parents growing were Growing up with young parents yeah. is, uh, you feel like you grow up with you're them. You're growing up with yeah. them in a way. You really you know are. Because I mean? there's like, like big life things, decisions. Oh, definitely. Making, you know? And you're like yeah. figuring things out together. It's a, we, it's a we weird have, time. We have a little bit of an audience here, John. John, how old are your parents? How old are they now? How old are they now? Early 50s. John's parents okay, are so early not 50s. too far away. Mom had youngest brother in her late 40s, though. Oh, youngest brother wow. in her late 40s. 40s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my youngest <laughs> sister. My youngest, my youngest. How many uh, of how many people are your family? Uh, seven kids. Seven, seven kids. Seven. That's not bad. And I got five. <laughs> and you're the third oldest, John? No, you're young. You're actually young in your family. I'm the third. 
Oh, you're third oldest. Got third it, got oldest. It. Cool. Uh, great, great. But we are the oldest, yes. excluding Heck Kellen. Yeah. <laughs> Something different about being the oldest child. I'm glad I'm not. Or, I mean, we're kind of the, well, oldest child of young parents. We talked yes. about that. Mm-hmm. All three of us, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of kids to follow. Oh, yeah. Yes. I've heard, I've heard youngest kids that grew up say that they feel like they had entirely different parents from their oh, yeah. oldest siblings because they raised them completely differently. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Which I believe. And we like That's to tease that they're spoiled, which they definitely like are, but in their perspective. <laughs> they definitely are. Listen <laughs> in. Right. Like they, okay, like not to throw youngest kids under the bus because sometimes like, yeah, you still have your fair share of hardships, but you have it a lot easier. You're not the guinea pig, which is like what we are. Yeah, we, like, are, the, we are the living guinea pigs of, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> of like, all right, are, is this how do I work? parent? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Well, we, the old, I'm the oldest and then Paul and Gabe two brothers yeah. and then uh, eight sisters after that. And oh. the way that my dad dealt with us like three brothers at the beginning, my dad was, you know, up. To, he was great when we were growing up. But like the difference between how my dad like would, uh, yeah, handle us versus how he handles the girls like later on, especially when he gets older and kind of mellows out and whatever, oh. totally different. And, um, but yeah, it's like it's like different parents. Almost. I feel so like weird. also like for us and not to keep excluding Kellen, but like for each one of no, us. No, please, please. But like, <laughs> sorry, I love I'm you. irrelevant. Remember, continue. This, yes, yes, I love you. But yes. Um. So here's the thing. So like for us, I feel like we all have a very unique like difference because like I have military parents, for example, and right, like your yeah. story is unique and then your story like everyone like I don't know, it's kind of cool because like mine, for example, are like super, super strict, which I assume y'all's are too. But like huh. military parents, it's kind of like a whole new level. <laughs> like no watching free- SpongeBob. Huh? SpongeBob? No. Did you get to watch? Nope. What? That's a sin. That should yeah. be considered yeah, a was, sin. Yeah. That is a yeah, a great sin. I wasn't either, actually. Were you both allowed to watch SpongeBob? Yes. Yeah. John oh my gosh, either. yeah. SpongeBob was the best. SpongeBob's the bomb. SpongeBob was the bomb, dude. It dude, still is the bomb. This explains so much. It's the bomb. <laughs> it's just no, crazy how I people didn't allow SpongeBob. Every like. Fridays, every Fridays, I would go to my grandpa's place and he would make us Italian food and we would watch. SpongeBob. Uh, we'd watch SpongeBob. No, no, no. Like, I'm telling you, if we said the words like dumb or stupid when we were younger, we got immediate soap in the mouth and Tabasco. And it's <laughs> funny was, because, oh, like, yeah. Tabasco? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely. Gnarly. Or, like, it's that's, funny that's because you always knew that there was a kid in trouble when you go in the bathtub and there was teeth marks in the soap. Oh. Uh. Because, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that day. <laughs> my mom washed my soap out, washed my mouth out with soap once. And uh, it was actually pretty cool. It was glorious. This explains even more. It was great. Seriously, cool. I was like, cool. oh, yeah, I was feel, cool. it's like I just went to confession. I felt like renewed. You know what I mean? You know, your, your mentality <laughs> concerns me. Yeah. I felt renewed. After I think I the out. soap got to your head, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> we also had this timeout chair, like on the other side of the house where nobody would like, other yeah, people were, yeah. you know, where other people were hanging out. We just have to like sit there. I was like, Mom. was it like, did it, they turn you towards the corner? Cause that definitely, no, they turned us towards the people. They turned us towards the people so we could be tortured that <laughs> way. <laughs> like, hey, go sit over in the timeout chair while you watch us have wine and like socialize. <laughs> Stupid kid. <laughs> right. no, we had to put our nose in the corner because like, you know, you could stand anywhere in the house. So like it was just known that like you were in trouble if you put it or like you had to sit on the stairs. That's also a really big one sitting on the stairs for like however old you were was like how much time you sat on the stairs. That was kind of a thing for a while or spankings was a huge thing. Those were the mm-hmm. best. <laughs> oh my god! Dear goodness, no work. Cause like it, it, I'm telling you, it put you back like in line. And what? It, like it seriously, like it was like I, f- I knew that I messed up. I knew that I messed up when I did that. It's like mom, 
it's, it's kind of like sucks in the moment, but it's like actually feels really good at the same time because I know I'm getting better. Dear God. But I'm telling you, man, it was great. Kelly, was there any punishment you didn't enjoy? I enjoyed all the punishments. It was good for me. This is good to know. I'm telling you, man. They were good. Wow. Good to know. Well, good your to mom know. was the one who spanked you. My, my dad, because my mother is a stubborn, Ita- oh, she's, she's great, but she, she's Italian. She's hard headed. Right. Testadura. She has a hard head. Hey. Mm-hmm. But like she, she would put us back in line. I'm, I'm not messing around. Like she, she would be like, you messed up. You did something stupid. And I did most of the stupid stuff because uh-huh. I was the only boy. Um, and I did a lot of stupid stuff. She just like, she would scream at me Italian and then say like, bend over. And then she just like, whack me hard. <laughs> with, uh, with either sit in the chair, I'm going to whack you hard. And then I'm going to make you sit in the chair. So like, take, pick, pick your beating, man. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. But- Please stop! Please I'm telling you, man, it was good. Oh the love of my sanity. It was great. It was great being the only boy because I got the worst beatings, but it was like the best. <laughs> oh god! I'm not lying either. Please help. We're only ten minutes in, guys. <laughs> and we're already oh. down half this thing of wine. Oh, oh good my. gosh! All right, how do Wait. I bring reason back into this? One? All right, um. I love that so you've like completely stolen the show. Uh, okay, well maybe this is a demonstration. When I was a kid, spankings were like the the worst thing, and you know, and damn, they felt so ever. good. Okay, like, my, uh, my it was stop. my dad who's in his mid twenties, who's working you know nine to fives, and with a thick belt. That was the spanking. I grew belts, up in the south. Oh, the, the belts, belts were like sucks. okay. The belts were every once in a while. Like the belts, like like they all <laughs> <laughs> Italian belts. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Hey Kelly, we, we <laughs> you know what you did. I'm gonna wrap this thing like a cowboy. Oh, like, just yay. like, just like oh, no. I'm ready, mom. Oh, no. John over here is this freaking is out. He enjoys it. Come on, you know okay. Tell okay, me. wait a second. We have to have some like progressive conversation. We had yes, progressive. Right, wait, not progressive. Just I told like, you I'm irrelevant. Continue. From, okay. <sighs> okay. Okay. Well, let's get back to it. All right. Are you glad you're the oldest sibling, the oldest child? Pretty Would you have rather had like I don't know older siblings or? I I'm glad I'm the oldest only because I wouldn't rather be any other part of the family. I that makes know. sense. <laughs> yeah. I can never imagine like your younger sibling being like actually older than you and. Oh. Just be weird. Gosh. <laughs> I was glad that I wasn't the oldest because like well especially okay I mean you're older. I didn't have any are, brothers. Like, all like brilliant. And all this stuff They're and stuff. really smart. Yeah. I mean I. Then there's you. Then there's me. Uh, <laughs> you know, but. I was glad because I always had somebody to look up to. And I feel like if I was the oldest, the only people I'd have to look up to really just like in the family alone would be my parents, obviously. Um, but kind of being, because my family, basically everybody's spread out by like two years, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So 30, 27 and a half, 25. And then I'm 23 and Isabel is 20. So nobody was like 10 years older than the other one. You know what I mean? <clears throat> So it was always nice to have some people that were relatively close because then you were almost of that same maturity and you got to feed off each other instead of me just being like the oldest one and trying to just have to take care of everybody, which isn't, which is a good thing, but it was a lot, I think easier for me, especially cause it was all girls. So I learned very quickly the do's and don'ts. Um, but no, it was good because it was all spread out, but like perfectly. And so that was, I mean, for me, that was, it was pretty, it was a good learning curve. But. You have one younger sister, right? Isabella? One mm-hmm. younger. She's actually going to John Paul the Great in Escondido. 
just started nice. there. So she loves doing animation, all sorts of Hollywood kind of stuff. She's going to be big one day. So it's cool. For me, I definitely, there was like a weird balance because, again, I had a very unique experience because we moved so often and having military parents is just kind of a whole other thing. Um, I always wanted an older brother because like the thing with having an older brother is like if you want to be the oldest, you can be the oldest because not to throw guys under the bus, but a lot of times us girls are more mature, right? And so like, or at least we would mature faster anyways. And so I always like thought it'd be cool to have an older brother because like, if like <laughs> this is horrible to say but like the the not so great things about the oldest like he is the oldest so he would kind of get those things first but then like i kind of the perks of being the oldest i could kind of have <laughs> this is so terrible but then like i always like i've had a lot of friends who have older <clears throat> brothers and like just kind of like the relationship that they have and just having somebody to protect them and to kind of look out for them and like take them on like crazy adventures and stuff like that like i've always wished and like um it's funny because like not that girls drive me crazy, but sometimes I do. And I love my sisters to death, but I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed like my entire like childhood for a brother. Um, mm. And thankfully, 2008 was my brother who he's like, how many years younger than me? I don't know, quite a bit. Um, but I was like, he was like my favorite <laughs> because I like loved having brothers. And so that was like really exciting. So like there's uh, definitely pros and cons to being the oldest. And so like, there's definitely days where I'm like, man, this really sucks. But then other days where it's like, it's, I would rather it be me than the rest of the siblings, like being the guinea pig and mm -hmm. like having to deal with these different things of like having to learn a lot of things the hard way. Um, like I'm kind of glad I had to go through that. Um, not that I don't think my other siblings are capable, but I'm kind of glad that I was the one who had to go through the crap so that they don't have to and that I can kind of like help walk them through everything else. But I think you kind of grew up to be that way and have that sort of mentality as the oldest because like you, especially for women, because we just like have that mothering like personality where it's like very easy to mother on the younger kids. So you want to like care for them and like everything else. But I don't know. Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting because I definitely feel like the mom role especially was definitely played, especially with the youngest two. They're kind of like my kids. Mm. <laughs> It's only awkward when other people think they're my kids because I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, it's a time. No, that's funny. I, I actually never, this is going to sound bad, but I never really had that motherly instinct towards my siblings. Um, I always, I kind of would keep to myself when I was younger, I would read a lot and I was really bad at helping out with chores and stuff. And my, the sister, um, right below me, she's 17 months younger than me. And there's, there are those groupings in my family too. There's like two years in between the groups and then a five-year gap and then like two or three kids and then a five-year gap. Um, and she was really good at helping out around the house. So I don't know. I think I think that the only – the real downside, I would say, to being the oldest is this the feeling of responsibility for mm -hmm. everything that your younger siblings oh, do. Oh, definitely. Um, and I guess that's kind of important, though. It gives you a real insight into parenting hmm. and – because mm -hmm. you have to come to terms at some point with the fact that it's not your fault if your younger siblings oh, mess up because hmm. um, they're their own people. But I don't know if you guys have no. had that experience. Why, oh, why do you think that is? Like why as the oldest are you thinking like I have responsibility for what, what goes on at the lower levels, I guess? Because your parents tell you that every mm -hmm. single time you oh, mess yeah. up. Mm -hmm. Every time. It is the oh, only, definitely. I don't know mm -hmm. what younger siblings get told when they mess up because the only correction that I would get 
consistently is you're setting a bad example for your younger siblings. We just get told, huh. don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it, that never works because, you know, young kids are rascals, especially boys. They're very curious and they're mm-hmm. rascals. So, I mean. Yes, you are. I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. very, very. I'm glad that I never grew up with brothers because I didn't have to share anything. <laughs> that was great. I had everything to myself. I had my own room, my own bathroom. Because all the girls, you know, they just took care of their own stuff. And they had their own bathroom and I had my own bathroom. I was like, this is great. Who needs brothers? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> good goodness. But they do teach you a good lesson, I guess. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Brothers are cool. And they tough you up. They do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> all three Dinley bros in the Plato's class and at the debates and all that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Huh. But definitely, the re- I definitely get that responsibility thing. So like, actually, it's kind of something I'm working <clears throat> through now because like, especially growing up in the lifestyle that I did. Um, not only having younger siblings, but just like a lot of the life experiences that I've kind of um, have gone through. It was really easy for me to always feel the one who was responsible for everything. So like, yeah, it definitely like drilled into you. And I don't know, like Alex, how it was for you, but definitely growing up, like not even just like, oh, you're setting a bad example. I just kind of like knew that even if they didn't tell me, because I always felt responsible if like they see me doing this, they're going to want to do it too. Um, and so that's why, like, especially with my sisters underneath me, like I would sit them down and like, obviously I wouldn't tell them every single thing that's happened in my story. Right. Cause there's just things where I'm like, I don't want you to know these things. Right. Like, I don't want you to like learn this and be like, Ooh, maybe this does sound cool because it's not. <laughs> um, but I love to sit down with them and just be like, Hey, like if you can learn from me, please do. And like these different things that like these different mistakes I've made, like, please let me be the one to have made these mistakes for you. And like, obviously you got to live and learn. And sometimes that's the best way to learn. That's how I learned is like, I honestly am a very external learner. So I'm very like hands-on, like externally processing and stuff. So a lot of times it takes me like learning the hard way for me to actually learn. Um, But yeah, going back to the responsibility thing, like it definitely was this idea of like, not even just for my siblings, but I think the way I grew up and like, especially my dad traveling so often and like, I'd have to pick up the slack with the chores and I'd have to pick up the slack with taking care of the mm. kids. And like, I probably changed more diapers than both my parents combined. And so like, I, I definitely took on like a very motherly role, but also just a very like, yeah, not necessarily like an authority, but I definitely like took a lot of responsibility, um, whether that, cause we were all were homeschooled too. So I taught the kids a lot too, as well. And that was my way of like learning myself too. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of responsibility I probably shouldn't have. That isn't to throw my parents under the bus because they were very young. They were literally my age, you know, and like, I definitely don't have my life together and I doubt they did either. So, um, and that's just being human. So <laughs> are you the only one in college now of your family? Yeah, Bridget? I am. Okay. I am. My sister's going into college next year. Where so, at? Um, she's figuring that out right nice. now. <laughs> yeah. Same with mine. Yeah. How many Franciscan brothers- on the radar? Um, she came and visited a couple weeks ago, so it's on the radar. I don't know if it's on the radar though. Right. <laughs> How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have, okay, so I have three brothers and four sisters. Three brothers yeah. and four sisters. Okay. Yeah. The youngest is a boy. The youngest two are boys. And then I have twin siblings, um, a boy and a girl, <coughs> and then two sisters right above that. So wait, is that three? No, that's three. And like I said, I can't do math. <laughs> it's a callback. <laughs> I don't know if... I'm just trying to think this through twins. Do they, is there like any proof of them being like connected? No, 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 no. I'm trying to think like very similar. You know what I mean? Like growing up like their entire lifestyle, like twins. Say if you have, if a mother has like four boys and then she has twin girls and then like 
three more girls. Are those two twin girls going to be a lot more similar than like the other brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, oh, that's they so even weird. like I hear because I've I've known a lot of twins and triplets in my life and stuff like that, and they even say that like this happens kind of with best friends and you get to know each other really well. But I hear with twins even more so where they have this like weird sort of connection that like they can almost think the same thing at the same time. Where like I mean this kind of happens with like because my my sister underneath me. I mean granted I've been away from home for the last three years so we're not as close. But when I used to live back home, um, we used to think a lot like because we did so much together. You know, because like when you're the same age, like because she's two and a half years younger than me, but we would do a lot of the things together. Um, and so when you have a lot of the same experiences, you kind of like your the dots in your head connect in kind of the same way. So like you kind of like think the same thing at the same time sometimes. And it's like really weird. Like, I don't know what it is like scientifically, like they're kind of oddly connected, which is hmm. weird. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I kind of want to know the proof for that, too, because I've I've <laughs> talked to them and they say that they have that. But I don't know. I, how. I, I feel like there must be. What if a mother has like two triplets oh, like God. she has triplets and then she has triplets again <laughs> sure there's some scenario like there's I really gotta be pray I mean, to god that that does not happen to me because <laughs> i'm such a tiny person and yeah. i don't think that would fit no. <laughs> that's funny all all of my mom my mom has two siblings and all three of them had twins oh my god yeah and oh wait wait, wait. two siblings and all three of them had twins yeah so all three of the yeah there's got to be something there that's crazy so I mean, how many kids in their family then? Um, there are. So my aunt has three boys and then my uncle has five kids. So and they have twins. They each of them has separate sets of twins, obviously separate, but. Twins. It's twins. Wild. Yeah, it's I wild. have twin sisters as well. Yeah. What was God Magdalena thinking? Oh, that's, right. really? that's why. That's why. I forgot what was about God that. thinking when he was like, man. It's gonna be great. Like it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be. It's gonna be hard on the mother, but it's gonna be great to have like two identical twins. Like oh, Jesus is probably just like, let's do it. I used, like, it's probably, I used like, to let's try. It. As you twins. said yesterday, Jesus is weird. Jesus is weird. <laughs> Jesus oh is very goodness, weird. This is true. This is true. He's very weird. How old so, are your sisters? Are your twin sisters? Um, uh, six. Six, yeah. yeah, I think six or seven. Aww. Actually, no, I think they're seven now. Oh, oh, oh my, my goodness, God. they're the cutest. Seven. The, the cutest. One walked dad. in on our podcast. Who was that? That was Gemma. Gemma yeah, walked in on our podcast. That's so funny. She, and she, she's, Alex. she's <laughs> so cute. Oh. Stop. Well, you know my, you know my family. Yeah, yeah. Bridget, you've, Bridget's oh. from San Diego. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So from I San Diego. Yeah, yeah, I am from the same parish. Yeah, as well. So you you've, you've seen that. all no the little. Way. Yep. Have you guys? Did you guys know each other growing up? No, no, not no. at all. But you went to the well, same I parish? Moved, I moved to Memphis. and then, Sorry, I'm, I'm from Memphis. Moved to San Diego when I was 14. Yeah, and we didn't know your family until last year? Yeah, I year think before, so. Year before, maybe? Yeah. So you, your family still lives in San Diego? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. That's great. Did you grow up there? Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. An mm-hmm. actual San Diego native. I know. <laughs> San Diego native. Yeah. Did you always go to OLMC or somewhere else? Um, No, we, we only started going to OLMC within the last... I think four or five years. Um, we went to St. Mary's in Escondido for a really, it's really, okay. it's a couple blocks away from John Paul the Great. Um, you guys are up there, right? Escondido side? Yeah, we're near Escondido. We're in Valley Center. Got it. So, okay, cool. Yeah, it's a cool place. We're just a bit lower, <clears throat> Scripps Ranch. But I'm not a that place total is, native. That place is ritzy down there, though. Man. I'm not a that's, native. That's all, all of it. All I of love, it, the one thing I love about Southern California is like, they have... <laughs> that risk <laughs> your face, no, like, your face. They, like it's in, it's fascinating to see how wealthy communities work you know what i mean la jolla it's Del interesting. Mar. didn't you say didn't you say that you used to do like doordash for them and you get paid like 
tipped like oh, 50, yeah, that was, 50 bucks or that's something. That's the reason I'm able to oh, be yeah. here. Oh <laughs> it's just because of that summer. It's yeah, very tipped. interesting. I started like the second week of March doing DoorDash and I would go up to like Del Mar, Honestly, Solana that's smart. Beach, that's smart. all that type of stuff. And that was back when they were like, stay safe, all this bull, you know, um, bull crap. <laughs> and, and they would like tip like $20 and stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, stay safe, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> like, Thanks for the tip. Yeah. I don't um, think I could go on. back to SoCal. I don't. What? It's not for everybody. Like, okay, San Diego, I, I don't think I've actually been that far south. So, LA like, sucks. To, huh? Well, yeah, because I was the LA regional team, but like, I definitely went outside of LA as well. And we also went to Nevada. Yes. Um, but. Our favorite place, Las Vegas. Oh my God. We are going really to Las that. Vegas for some reason. Not okay. Have you I been to, wait, wait, wait. Have you been to Vegas, Bridget? Yeah, I have. I hate it. Thank oh. you. Oh, okay. Thank two you. against two. Thank two against so two. Two, Let's two go. against Let's two. My family was visiting there and we walked past a planter and there was just vomit in it. I was like, let's not. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I that was, was hoping not to trigger that because yeah, I think nice. every podcast I've been on, like this has been mentioned and then my reactions because. Yeah, the general theme. <sighs> love this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. SoCal is just, <clears throat> it's, I love certain places, but I hate most yeah, of them. Yeah, I mean, NorCal's way better, so. I you, still have you've to never visit. been to NorCal. I know, I know, I know. This oh, is why you have to Lord take me. Have mercy. Have to go okay, <laughs> Alex is Alex is giving me a lot of wine here. So I'm, I'm good. Gonna, I'm gonna drive. <clears throat> In vino veritate. <laughs> By the way, we have a debate this weekend. But Heck yeah, we'll time, five thirty. Uh, this house believes no. This house dares to hope all men are safe. Yeah, that's right, that's I am saying. a presenter, <laughs> and I'm also stupid. I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> this uh, is true. Yeah. Whoa! Oh, Whoa. Good, good heavens. So okay. Let's get back to Big Famous. All right. Bridget. Yes. Um, so growing up in San Diego and having a big family, mm-hmm. I'm sure you had many people like, whoa, that's super weird. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Not really, but only because we were in a community of other Catholics because we went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much everyone around us also had a big family. And... Um, my parents like got in with a group of friends early on and all of the families kind of grew together. So they were able to relate to each other and we didn't get that much weird, that many weird looks. Was that at St. Mary's? Yeah, it was. Except for sometimes I, my mom definitely has said that in the grocery store, she'll get a lot of either comments or weird stares. Would they ever do the thing where they look and they, they don't say anything, but they'll just look and you could see them with their eyes or like they'll point their finger out and they'll count Counting. the heads. That's, That's happened to our family so many times. And it's like, it gives my family the most joy. Like we're just like, yeah. <laughs> Restaurants. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. One time my, my family was at a restaurant. We were being so loud. Everyone was being really incredibly <laughs> obnoxious and we got up to leave and people next to us started clapping. <laughs> No way. I so love yes, that. they actually did. They were excited. I love for that us to leave. It was amazing. Oh, excited for you to leave. Oh, that's what jerks. Are they old? I don't know. I didn't look. <laughs> old rich Californian. Finally, yeah. those guys mean kids are leaving. They have kids. They're leaving this restaurant. Yeah. Some some people have gone up to my mom in grocery stores and told her that she's ruining the environment with her You're amount of children. No, not at all. Okay. That's when you say, <clears throat> fuck you. Uh, all right. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm no BS. No because BS. those yeah. people just need to be, yeah, they slapped need Jesus. or just whatever. I don't well, know. Like, here's the thing. Well, yeah, probably my F you is probably not as good as you need Jesus, but. <laughs> probably. Uh, F you, you need Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Compound that phrase. Yes, yes. I don't know, Put it man. together. Yeah. 
Growing up in bigger families, did you guys go out to eat as often as you'd say maybe like a family with four or five? No way. No way. No. Okay. No. Wait, wait, sorry. What? So we have <laughs> we have five kids. We we go out to eat every once in a while. But did you guys, how often would you say, we'll, we'll go around the table. Bridget, you go first. How often did you go out to eat with your family? I'd say probably once every three weeks when I was younger. Oh, that's that's good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, I guess that's more than most <clears throat> That's people. a lot. That's a lot. Wait, once every three... <laughs> It was, we would go out a lot to breakfast after mass. I remember. That counts. But yeah. what about like out to dinner on just a regular night? I feel like the dinner would be, we, we would all decide that we were going to go to dinner and then my mom would be like, the kids are too tired. And then we'd leave. Well, just put the kids somewhere else and then yeah, go Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I always said as the oldest. That's really responsible. Put the kids to sleep. What <laughs> cars do you guys have? Oh my God. Family what? cars. Do you have a, a van? Oh, this is yeah, horrible. Uh, this is so when crazy. we upgraded to a 12 passenger van, See? that was like the best Let's go. Let's go. 12 so passenger van. I'll yeah. never yep. forget that day. Incredible. Oh, it was, it was the, the best day. What type day of 12 ever. passenger van Ford. was it? It was Ford? a Ford. Yeah. We have a. Nissan. Wait, wait. Is it the. Uh, is it a white Ford? Yep. Like, yeah, 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 with like the is it a sliding door yeah, or is it a latch? Yeah, yeah. Well, our first one, our first one, I think, yeah, the one that we have now is a sliding door. The one we had before was a latch. Okay, but we upgraded. Nice. That's the one we were looking at because, like, not to make this sad, but like the reason why we were going to upgrade because my mom was expecting us our seventh kid. Unfortunately, she miscarried, but um, because of that, we're like we're not gonna fit in because before we had a Honda Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a stereotypical van. Um, but like traveling, because we would travel a lot. Because I mean, like we moved, I moved nine times by the time I was 10. So like we traveled a lot. And so like there was just enough room for just our kids. And so it kind of ended up nice. Like, of course, I would rather that like our last one was born. But um, it's nice to have the big van regardless, because like there's actually room if we need to carpool people or just more room for us to travel and like take out the back row or whatever. But yeah, we definitely have. And my, I don't know if it's a 12 or a 15. I think it's a 12. Um, but it's kind of funny because they got it while I was like at net. Um, or around that same time. So I was used to driving a 12, 15 passenger van with a trailer. And then I came back to drive this big bus. And nice. so it's, hey. yeah, it's a fun time. And then we have, my dad actually just got a ta- Tundra. No, Tacoma. Tacoma. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's got a truck as well. But to answer your question from before, um, if we ever went out to eat. So kind of like the, again, military parents, we didn't have that much money. So like we didn't go out all that often. Um, but now that my dad's working with Lockheed Martin, he's like part of the, he loves to be funny, but he's part of like the executive board now. So like he makes a little bit more, but it's definitely not like a millionaire or anything like that. So like they definitely have been going out more, I think every Sunday, like they'll try and go out to breakfast, but that's like, it never happened before. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, come on, it's when I'm not home, but it's fine. Cause I'm going home for break. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Restaurants is where. Well, we had we've had occasions. I think this was when we were in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, we all went out to eat, and we were on vacation. And some family paid for our meal no just because we had a big what? family. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Rad. And, Wait, where uh, were you guys? Gulf Shores, Alabama. Shout out! Nice, super Ooh, nice place. I love. Yeah, Gulf Shores. Oh, it's amazing. I feel like people in Alabama appreciate bigger families, though. Like Alabama yeah. is just one of those states where, or like, it depends where, obviously, but they're yeah. just so like. Friendly. Some yeah. pockets of the South, yeah. Yeah, this is true. Um, yeah, not a lot of Catholics in the South. We were definitely major minority. I think it's only three percent in Tennessee or something like that. So three percent Catholics. Tennessee is one of my favorite states, though. Uh, I feel like there's big city, big families in the South, right? 
Not common. It's it still depends. Not common. It really depends yeah. where. There's where, definitely where certain is pockets. Where's it common? The Midwest, right? Definitely the Midwest. Yeah. That's where Midwest. all of my, <laughs> my dad's yeah. family live. My dad had Midwest Catholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gulf Shores is well, very pretty. And Utah Mormons. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they have mm-hmm. very big families. That's yeah. True. That's the first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to. Okay, we as Catholics need to reclaim. The first question someone asks when you have a big family, oh, are you Mormon? No, the first <laughs> yeah, thing, and then if that, you say <laughs> no, true. then they say Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But reclaim the we big need to family. take that from the Mormons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they, we do. They, the they have always. huge, well, I'm not surprised to say, are you Muslim? Because Muslims have huge I mean, you, families. If, yeah, I mean, if they don't look like they're from the Middle East, most of them are Muslim. <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, um, <laughs> you walk into the big family. I, uh, are you Muslim? <laughs> um, uh, hey, no? I'm just telling you. If, I mean, because you can usually family. tell. Shalom, my are. friends. Shalom, <laughs> shalom. Uh, that's shalom. Salam aleikum. Um, salam is yeah, salama. Yeah, big it, families. It, it, yeah, big families. I mean, yeah, that yeah, that's a great thing, and I think it's good that I think we should have more big families, especially you know as Catholics. It's good to exp- it's it's a good testament, I think, to have a big family. Yeah, because it shows. It kind of almost shows the community inside the family. Mm-hmm. Like the parents are like willing to have these many kids. And it's it's awesome that you see that. Because I, you know, five kids, I, I guess that's, maybe that's even more than regular. Yeah, it definitely is. It's um, a big family for the U.S. For yeah. Sure. And uh, even that's a testament. But to have what, how many kids? Eleven. Eleven. That's uh, just ded- it's dedication like it's how, cool how countercultural that is too you know yeah what do you guys drive we have upgraded all right so i we had in 2008 we bought a chevy uh express and big white van just a big white van right and sliding door great van we've done you know tons to it the paint all chipped off paul spray yes. painted a bunch of stuff recently mm-hmm. we were going to give it away when we moved from san diego to colorado <clears throat> And uh, I was like, no, we're not doing that. The AC is all broken. So I drove it in the middle of the summer through Arizona with no AC. With yes. And worth it. we were talking about the gospel of Matthew, actually. We had a, did like did like a whole biblical podcast. The Lord is setting we us the... on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, it was like you were trying to figure out if you wanted to roll up the windows or keep them down because it was just as hot, but you would have like hot air coming in. Or if you rolled it up, it would get hot on the inside. It was just ridiculous. And it was through Arizona and then up to Colorado. Uh, but it survived. We made it back. We moved back to San Diego with our Chevy. Um, in Colorado, we bought a 12-passenger Mercedes, uh, like, big van. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know I, those ones? Mm-hmm. What are they called? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, the big van. Sprinter. Ours, Sprinter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a 2018 oh, Sprinter. Oh, those are so weird Oh, looking. they're baller. <laughs> they really are. They're so great. Well, yeah. Amazon. Okay, so they're... Because the aren't they super tall? 2018 Mercedes Sprinter. It's they're very really tall. tall. Super yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah. I can you stand can, up like, stand up inside of it. You can stand up 2018 Mercedes Sprinter. Shout out to the Sprinters. Okay, so big old Baldy Bezos. He understands the Sprinters are great cars. They bought out the entirety of the 2019 edition from the uh, Mercedes plant in Georgia for their Amazon Prime deliveries because they do all their deliveries. You know, so you that's ritzy. That's ritzy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it that's is nice. It is. You it's can stand upgrade. up inside. It's of it. a it's really diesel nice. engine. I've been in one. Uh, so it's gonna last for forever, and the seats are great. The and, interior yeah. is sexy, man. Um, yeah, it, it feels like no. I mean, it's exactly what like. Well, you've been to Austria. Have, looks, you, have you been to Austria? <laughs> no, Bridget, not, yet. not Okay. Yeah, they literally drive those for the. They you know, do. The yeah, they drive those. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, that was really. Cool. It felt like a, it feels like an Austrian bus. Um, yeah. A lot of people, if you look up like Mercedes Sprinter van build or something like that, they'll make like a whole like RV out of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> like rip out all the back seats. It's great. It's a good car. Did you guys have an RV growing up? No. no. Did you ever have an RV? No. Yeah, I didn't either. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, expecting a fun story. Fair enough. Um, but no, that's what that's what we drive. Uh, my dad also has a truck, and yeah, we had that old white van, and then I got the Ford out here. I would driving. love to hear about like yeah, being the oldest, or just like, and then from your perspective, like how it's different. But like the pros and cons of being the oldest, like for you, like what is that? Sorry, Bridget, please. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for me, I already said a con. I should probably say a pro. Um, but no, it's like I, a couple. It doesn't have to be just one. Like yeah. I'm just curious. No, I I really actually genuinely enjoy being the oldest. I think I didn't fully appreciate it until recently, but it's given me a very good perspective on life. I I feel like I have the capacity to be a trailblazer um, that I probably wouldn't have if I was if I were a younger sibling um i'm not afraid to take chances and risks when i'm in a new place which i think i i definitely owe that to being the oldest because you don't really have a choice there's no i mean i had the example of my parents who are incredible incredible people and um i think that's that's good i that's the only part that i worry about because i know that i'm young and i'm still learning and so when my siblings are looking up to me and watching me make mistakes or not make mistakes, then I hope that they're getting the right lessons for it from it because I had like pretty much perfect examples of how to be from fully formed people. But yeah, I, I feel like I have a level of confidence that I wouldn't have had hmm. had I not been the oldest. I don't know if you guys feel similarly. <clears throat> a level of confidence <clears throat> because you're the oldest and you're the trailblazer. Yes. Blazer. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Then, not like, okay, imagine if you had yeah two older siblings who all like, Okay, let's just put it Kellen situation. You had yeah. four older siblings who three older. three three older mm-hmm. who were all like brilliant and got their PhDs and did all this type of stuff. Would you have more <laughs> confidence as the trailblazer or like older siblings had a lot of accomplishments and now you get to kind of move? In? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no experience with that. I yeah. felt more confident. I'll because to Mr. Irrelevant. I yeah. felt <laughs> I felt a lot because my sisters because they had like PhDs and doctorates and all that kind of stuff. That always made me feel like I, I want to be better than them. Mm-hmm. I always had this competitive, this, we always had this rivalry and it kind of got bigger as I got older. Uh, and I always wanted to be better than them. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, I, I guess that's not a bad thing, but um, I always, because I always had something to look at, right? I, I had older sisters and they, they were doing what they were doing. Uh, there were some jealous parts, obviously, because I wish I was in that position, but I always had something to look forward to, right? Because I saw their example and I saw what they were doing, their kind of daily life, their agendas. And I saw, okay, how can I do this? How can I do this better? How can I do this better than my sisters? Life was hard because number one, my mom used to whip my butt really bad and it hurt. I'm serious, but it put me back in line. Um, And, you know, the punishment was good for me because I was stupid. I was a rascal. I used to intimidate. I used to, instigate all the time against my sisters just to get them pissed off. I used to do it all the time because it was fun. It was entertainment. Yeah. Uh, didn't lead so well with my sister. So we had the biggest rivalry. She would scratch me like who Isabella is Isabella always slapped me and Sophie scratched me. So, so <laughs> Isabella, always, she still slaps me because I still like to instigate stuff because it's fun. But mm-hmm. um, it, it is fun. I mean, I have to admit Bella and I have a really cool relationship, but she's my younger sister. But um. Sophie, I used to get her so mad and I used to instigate a lot of stuff because it was just pure entertainment. 
And like, <laughs> she used to get mad. She used to scratch me. I'm like, mom, she scratched me. She's like, Kellen, you idiot. You instigated it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I don't you. feel sorry for you, Kellen. She goes with her, uh, she goes with her Italian flair. She's like, I don't feel sorry for you because you're stupid and you instigated it. Yeah, you yeah. deserve that. Now, I used to go to my mom and say, mom, she scratched me really hard. That's not fair. She's like, all right, so if you don't have to scratch that hard, you can still scratch, but don't scratch that hard. <laughs> I love your mom. My mom was like, she was straightforward. No, that's good. The best cook ever. Oh my gosh, her food. Oh, so good. That was We were spoiled too, because she made like the best Italian food. The best food. Oh man, she was really good. It but, was very good. But um, I always had something to strive for. I wasn't like the oldest where I was looking at, looking down at my siblings and what they were doing. Hmm. I always had something to look forward to because my sisters were always doing more things because they were older, they were more mature. So I always had something to strive for. I'm not saying that the oldest don't have anything to strive for because mm-hmm. they do. But I think I had like more examples, more examples yeah. of what life was like and what to strive for. Funny story. Here we go. <laughs> I need a sip of wine before I tell this story. Um, <clears throat> oh, good heavens. <clears throat> high school. My sister Sophie is a senior, and um, I had an airsoft war the day before, and I left my shotgun and my machine gun in my sister's car. We were driving on the way back. Sophie, the next day, doesn't she doesn't know she didn't she didn't see it. She just went in the car, drives to school, and security. Obviously, they come around. They're just patrolling or whatever on the campus. They look in her car and they see this machine gun and shotgun. <laughs> Wait, these are real guns? No, not, no, no, no. Not these, airsoft? Are, these are airsoft guns. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> they call up security and they're like, uh, we have a machine gun and a shotgun in the back of this car. And it, we had this, she had the student sticker on top. So mm. there, she was a student. <laughs> oh my gosh. Halfway through the day, somebody puts, Sophie, I think... Because the word word got around and Sophie posted on social media like my idiot brother put guns in the back of my car and now she she got suspended no. for like four days. And I should have told them, hey, it was my fault, but you know, I like getting my sister in trouble sometimes. So she, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> she got suspended six days and I was like, damn. So good. So you did something oh bad. My God. <laughs> I'm the worst, dude. I'm the worst, dude. Absolutely horrible. No, I, I didn't feel like that, but I was just like, uh-huh. man, after all those scratches, like, <laughs> like after good. all those scratches, good. Take so that. she got six days off from school. I mean, what are you worrying about? But, um, Dang. And she posted like on his social media, like my idiot brother put guns in the back of my car. That's so funny. At least they weren't real guns. At least they weren't real yeah, guns. True. But how are you supposed to know? Well, they had the orange tip yeah, at the end of the gun. Cops, Which, how did they cops not know it? They had the orange tip. I don't tip. know. They, they yeah, just, I know. Cops should stupid. know that. I know. They were stupid. Was this high school or college? This is high school. Okay. Cops um, should know that. They know this. Well, they're security. They're not cops. No. They're, they're just kind of well, like they should still know that. They're paid gordos. They're paid gordos. But... Senor yeah, Bruder. she, yeah, but I, I was so embarrassed. I didn't walk, like, I walked around my classes, but I put my books in front of my face so nobody <laughs> would notice, nobody would see me, because I, I didn't want well, people. you were at the high school. At I was, I, we oh. were both there. We, oh. were, we were in school. Wow. That's so funny. And I put my books in front of my face so that nobody would recognize me, because I think word got around. Well, yeah, because it was on social media. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was, that was a bad, man, that was... That was fun. That was a lot of fun. But it's but funny that what? you mentioned that confidence <laughs> thing because well, yeah, I, 
Go ahead. Continue, continue. Well, no, it's funny that you mentioned the confidence thing because I think I had a good mix of both where it's like, I think there's more confidence slightly in the unknowns because we, there's so many unknowns with us oldest ones because like those areas, especially with younger parents, like those areas just haven't been explored before. So we're definitely like, I feel like we have a little bit more experience in the unknowns. Therefore, we could be a little bit more confident there. But I feel like because there are so many unknowns, there's so many like doubts. And so like, I don't know, granted, I had a very like unique growing up. Right. So things were a little bit different for me. But um, like, yeah, I was just like for me, though, I feel like there's a, a level of confidence I wish I had that maybe I was able to give my siblings because like. I, I'm always like, oh, is this the right way of doing things all the time? Because I was the one who had to figure that out. And so they could kind of learn from me sort of thing. Um, I hope to goodness that they do actually. But, um, and if it wasn't the right, you know, path to take that they can kind of, you know, you take their own. But, um, but yeah, I feel like there's like a weird balance of like, there is a confidence level that you have and like maybe the unknowns and trying new things. <clears throat> but in regards to like, having confidence that you're doing that new thing right is like, I don't know. I feel like that's something I still wish I had. See, I always knew it was right and wrong, but sometimes it just chose the wrong because it was fun <laughs> and it would get my sisters in trouble. It felt I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> dude, this I, is like look, group therapy for this, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because like, I'm like, my sisters. Felt great. I always want. Want, scratched I me always, and put guns in the back of her car. I always wanted this to be. Like, I always wanted to, therapist I always point. wanted to be better than them. So I was like, I'm going to get you in trouble. So it makes me look good. <laughs> so good it was great. It. And uh, uh, most of the times I got the beating. Is that, that all your sins? Uh, tabs all hey, I probably have more sins as a child than I probably have up to this point right now. From like, I haven't changed since high school. Oh, I haven't know. changed one bit at all. I'm the same exact person. I was always the class clown. I was always, I remember one day in second grade. Oh, good heavens. I purposely got like four cards. And once you get a, like you get a card, you get in trouble. Second card, you're like, come on, dude, really? Then third, then third card, you're like, all right, you get detention. Fourth card, I got like suspended for a little bit. I was just a jerk. I was a, I was a jerk in second grade. I would purposely like instigate and get people in trouble because it was fun. Wait, was this just you or was Mike involved And I know in I didn't too? have any like big, any big responsibilities, but dude, getting people and, and trouble was so much fun. It was an art for me. You're like, horrible. Wait, was, was Mike in on this too? Your best yes, friend? Yes, Mike and I, we, of were, course, we of were rascals when we were younger. That's we would his best always friend. get people yeah. in trouble. Mike would literally steal people's lunches at school and just like put a <laughs> put like a banana peel in there, empty it out and take his, take his lunch and put like a banana peel in there. That's One time horrible. he used to put a dead fish oh, no. in my friend's locker. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. We had, we had, we had the most it's perfectly Mike. mapped out agendas. You're horrible. Because we knew that we wouldn't get in that much trouble. Like we wouldn't, it's not going to matter in 10 years. <clears throat> like, <laughs> is this going to matter in 30 years? Look, maybe, maybe it's uh, bad now, but I'm not, nobody's going to care in 30 years. So, so why not awful. screw with me? I know it's terrible, but it was so much fun. It was, it was great. Like oh, doing good. things to instigate like my other, it was especially Sophie. Like Sophie, my sister right above me is the, I think the closest one that I'm to. We would like screw each other all the time doing stupid things, but we built off of each other doing that. And it, it even grows to now. You, you put guns uh, in the back of your car. I know. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a constant war. It's great. Okay. Well, name things Sophie did back to you. <laughs> oh man. Well, number one, scratching. Uh, <laughs> that was the biggest thing. She would get, she okay. would, she would, we would sprint. Down like, the hall, like where, like on your back, on your arms, on my what? face, on your face. She would go like this, and I sometimes let her do it mm. because I know I deserved it. 
But like, <laughs> you enjoyed it all. I loved punishment because I knew I was getting better. Now, now I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Okay, listen to me. You, you do stupid stuff. Crab. You get in trouble. But you, but your parents. My parents were always super chill. So my mom was like, "Hey, you shouldn't be doing this stupid stuff." But like, you love your sister, so just you know, you do stupid stuff. I didn't teach you to be raised like this, but. You know, say nato, say nato. We, in Italian, in Italian, we have the saying, say nato con le capre e morirai con le capre. You were born with the goats and you're going to die with the goats. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what I was like. I was like, man, if I'm born with like, if I'm born with these people, I'm going to die with these people. I'm going to screw with Sophie as much as I can growing up because you're going to get some. And I was like, I'm telling you. Oh, I, I'm going to screw with you as much as I love you, but I like screwing with you at the same time. Like, this is all out of love, but you deserve a lot of crap, too. Oh, being the only boy, being the only boy, they used to rail my ass for stupid oh, really? things. <laughs> and I would get back to them. I'm going to say, I'm going to put guns in your car so that the police call you and you get to go home from school. Aren't you happy? This is planned perfection. <laughs> This is how it works in the lake house. I'm telling you. Oh, good heavens. Everything. I, I, had every, I had everything calculated. I knew how it would work. Oh, good And heavens. I used to screw with Sophie really bad, but she used to get me back. And then by I used, scratching you. Yeah, you by scratching you. any yeah. other example. No, I was just like, hey. Like Sophie getting back on you. I, deser the I deserve, the, I deserve the this crap. Mom, I don't want you to whip my ass, but I want Sophie to scratch <laughs> oh, wait, me. Wait, do you? <laughs> I mean, I th I th it was okay when it had to happen. But like... John's over here busting up. This I don't know. Absurd. I don't know this why you're busting absurd. up. <laughs> this is absurd. Oh, okay. I grew up with four sisters, and I was a rascal. All right. Yes, we understand. It was, that. It was great being the okay. only boy because okay. I had wait, privileges. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get back. You were making Sophie's life hell because she scratched you. Yes. Did she do anything else? It to was you? mutual. <laughs> it was okay. If it's mutual and she was just scratching you, where is the other instances where Sophie was getting you back? Uh, well, dead fish in your locker. Uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes we would go outside and play on the swing, and she'd like purposely like <laughs> swing me really hard so I hit the tree and fell off. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> other times, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was simple things like that. Sometimes the. <laughs> In one occasion. <laughs> no, no, that okay, was multiple times. We had a swing in the back. Lines, or why did you let her I would you? do the same thing. It was reciprocal. <laughs> I would literally swing her so hard that she flew off into the thorn bushes. And I was like, Sophie, That's you know, horrible. you deserve this is great. Like this, this is actually like a lot of fun. Because like <laughs> she would scratch the hell out of me. She would hurt me. But I'd be like, you bet that I'm gonna get your ass back right now. <clears throat> I don't care if you're a woman or not, I'm coming for you. <laughs> You know, we're going to send this podcast to Sophie. I'm sure she'll have, have some... Oh uh, Sophie God. is going to be crying because, I, you know, it's true. Oh, Sometimes there would be, like, wild animals in the back. Because we live in Northern California. There's bears. There's, there's rattlesnakes. I told my sister, there's a rattlesnake over here. Go say hi to it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I was like, all right, fair enough. But oh, I take her on the swing and we, we basically like, we would, I mean, there was times where I actually got kind of mad, but I was like, yeah, mom, what's going on here? You know, Sophie's getting pissed at me. And like, Kellen, you're stupid. You deserved it for, for doing all this stupid crap. It's like, dude, Kellen, you know that you're instigating your sisters. You're going to get this crap back. Just shut up and deal with it. 
<clears throat> it's an Italian. It feels good to like get all this out now because yeah, because like, you know, I love my sisters. I love my sisters, but it was great that I got to screw with them all the time because I was the oh only boy God. and my dad would have some sympathy with me. My mom didn't because she was merciless, but like. Dude, I'm telling you, the adventures that we had, dude. I used to push her off on the on the unicycle. All the, no, 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 the tricycle. The tricycle. I used to push her off the tricycle. I was like, get some, man. Like, fall off the tricycle. This is your older sister, Sophie. Oh, this is how so much guys. older than she? She's like two and a half years older. We still have this rivalry till oh today. We still have this rivalry. She was here at Franciscan, right? For she was here at Franciscan, masters, and or? I was eternally grateful for her. But I still used to screw with her here at Franciscan. I would do a lot of stuff that would be Dude, like, Kellen, gosh. what are you doing? It's like, do you not recognize the rivalry? Yeah, it's just, you know, she got she got married and not to Nate Thibodeau, which is <clears> sad. Rest <throat> in peace. Rest Nate. in peace, Nate Thibodeau. Um, she got married. I just have to go to Atlanta now to screw with her. You know what she I mean? She's in Atlanta now? Oh my She's driving over to Atlanta right now. Sophie and I will always have this rivalry. She will always. I gave the most hilarious and embarrassing speech at her wedding. It was oh, four yeah. minutes oh, long. Yeah. That's right. And I mentioned, there was this one part. Sophie got me back this one time. <clears throat> one time. I was taking, I was taking, I was taking a shower. And <laughs> before I went in the shower, <clears throat> Sophie lined up 10 naked Barbie dolls <laughs> on the counter facing the shower. <clears throat> I went in and I took a shower and then I didn't realize it. But I looked out and I saw, what are these 10 naked women? I can't shower with 10 naked women looking at me. I can't do it. They have nothing on. They don't have any bikinis or anything. You know, they got hair running down to their arses. It's just like, dude, I can't take a shower with 10 naked women looking at me. I just couldn't do it. I struggled, but I made it through. <laughs> and I got the hell out of there. I was like, Sophie, you got something coming for your ass right now. <laughs> You, uh, I've, I've got something planned. You put 10 naked women at me, I'm going to put 10 naked men looking at you while you shower. <laughs> You're going to have 10 dolls at your... Uh, I'm coming for you. That was just a little thing. You, you, you told that at the speech at the wedding? I said, Sophie had 10 naked dolls put up. And I said, oh, this means war. I'm coming for you. And I did. I got her back. We always got each other back. There was never one instance where I got something and she never got anything back. I, don't, I really don't know how we recover from this conversation. <laughs> I don't know how we get back to some it's simplest. It's just straight. So. It's the best thing about not being the oldest is that you always had somebody to look up to and screw with. You did. Seriously. And even yeah. my... Hmm. Now, it's savage for me to screw with my little sister, but she did. She scratched me too, but I also... I always deserve <laughs> really? it. But like, dude, Sophie, the closest... Probably the closest one that I'm with. Man. That was like, those were great times growing up. I can't do it as much now, obviously. But when we now were like, you can put real guns in the back of her car, <clears> you know? and put real guns. Um, she's a big Trump supporter. She loves Trump. So uh, that's, that's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, man, just all the funny stories that we have. All right. We, so we, putting was, that to the side. No, uh, <laughs> hey, I love who, who, you can have my wine back, please. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, we'll give it back to him. We'll give it back to him. Uh, okay. Bridget, uh, we've kind of co-opted. Where do this we return for this? Did you have special guests? Did you have rivalries? Did you have rivalries with your putting siblings? you on the spot because no. you're a special guest on this? I didn't. Kellen, Kellen's here all the time. No, I didn't put naked Barbie dolls in the shower. Of I didn't any do of my that. Siblings. My sister did that. I can't shower with ten naked women looking at me. <laughs> How would you? Do that? Gran granted, granted. All right, let's get back to. All right, second okay. part of the podcast. Let's so get, let's any, get serious. any rivalries. <laughs> 
among the seven seven or eight siblings. I don't think there are like long running feuds. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is it was no, for me. It was war, man. That's Continue. unreal. I think uh, my younger sister and I, met the the one that's seventeen months younger than me, we we always butt heads, but that's just because we were so close in age. Um, and but I no, there was never any. Intense arrival. No, no pranks. No. Yeah. No. That's so the you're thing about 17 me. months away from your younger sister. Yeah. yeah. How? Yeah. How's the relationship with, uh, with it's, her? It's really interesting. We're super different people. Um, hmm. Which. Okay. Well, I guess I'll get into this now. But um, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of question of, um, I guess, nature versus nurture uh, in our family because all of my siblings are adopted, and and myself. So um, it's been interesting seeing how we've all grown up and, and become our own people. Obviously, siblings all become their own people in their own ways. But um, definitely our interests, like the interest of each of the kids in the family is like they seem to be wildly different. Um, and I always felt sort of I always felt sort of different from the rest of my siblings. Um, I don't know what it was. They They're all. I think most of my younger siblings, if not all of them, are super athletic. And I enjoyed sports, but I I never really I it wasn't my entire life. But yeah, like my younger sister Julia, the the 17 months younger than me, she's incredibly athletic and very like charismatic and peppy and the president of her student body and Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, she's she's doing great. Um but yeah, I always felt I always felt sort of different from them. I don't know. I don't know what wow, all adopted. Yeah, all of us. Wow. My sister was high school queen, and I got so pissed. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Why can't I? Well, I guess that would be weird. Your brother is your is the king, and your sister is the queen. No, that's wrong. That would not look good. Anyways. Wait, I got wait Sophie was the queen? Camille was. The oh, one Camille. above okay. Sophie. Is she the oldest? Camille, there's one above Camille and Michaela. She's okay, 30. No. She just turned 30. Uh, I don't want to turn 30. No, it's That's a, a, a sad reality. I'm, I'm 22. You're 23. <laughs> 23. No. You're it 20. is scary. 20. At this point, I'm a child. I'm at this 19. point, Whoa. at this point in your life, you know, there's the age 17 when you're turning 18. Okay, I'm finally an adult. Then 19, one of the most pointless ages because yep. it turns to 20, then 20 is nothing. Well, I guess you're out of your teens. 20, you turn to 21, John. And you're just like, okay, John now. About to be 22. Now. Now I've got, now I... Now I can drink. Now I can Hell drink. Yeah. I can, well, I guess smoking is 18, right? Uh, yeah. It's 21. It's 21 now. It's 21. <laughs> so now I can drink, 21. I have a lot more responsibilities. Okay, it's cool. But then you get to 22 and 23 and you're like... Tell me about Man, it. Man, I'm just getting old. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, like it's, it's... Prime is gone. So you said each one of your uh, family members is a lot different or... Yeah, I, I guess we all just... Um, maybe I just noted... Um, just kind of grew into your own people. Yeah, I I think I just noted because um I pay extra special extra special attention to like how we're different naturally. Um, but yeah, I would say like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty into academics and reading. I've always been that way. And, Are you um, English major? Yeah, I am. Okay, cool. And then I I'm I got really into theater in high school, so I've always been in like a performer. Um, yeah, I've just very been good at it too. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just very dramatic, and then <laughs> my yeah, my sister Julia, she's very athletic. Um, and then 
Lucy, it's so it's so interesting seeing people grow up. I've always kind of envied families that where all of the siblings are grown up because they all can see like they they're all full people already. Hmm. Um and they've really come into their own and like they can have I I I feel like you can have a much better like rapport with your siblings once you know what they really like. Hmm. Um I I love my younger siblings. I wonder sometimes if it, they find it hard to talk to me just because I feel I'm because I am older. Um, I don't know. How do you what do you guys think about that? Like, what are your what are your relationships with your younger youngest siblings like? That's hmm. yeah. Hmm. For me, it's it's definitely like the youngest two, especially just feel like my kids because um, like the one underneath me, I think we're two and a half years apart something like that and so like we've decently been close it's definitely harder now that I've been gone from home for like three years in the first year I was away from home I was on net and so I was like there was almost no communication at all um and so like with her we used to be like best friends but now it's a little bit tougher but with the youngest sibling it's weird because we're like 15 years apart and if my mom had the, the last one we would have been 18 years apart and so like the youngest one especially like I feel like I would have been like an aunt mm-hmm. to them because, like, I would only visit on the holidays, you know? So it's kind of crazy to think of. But with the youngest sibling, like, it's interesting because I love on them so much. But it's weird because we've always had a baby in the house. And the youngest is six now. So it's just weird that, like, there's no longer any babies in the house. And so it's this really interesting relationship because, like, it's also so different. Because, again, like, I have military parents. And so, like, I, I grew up as a military brat. But, like, some of my youngest siblings have never moved in their life. They have no idea what it's like to live on a military base, to move a bunch of times, mm-hmm. to have military parents. So I wouldn't even consider them military brats, you know? Um, so it was just kind of, like, yeah, like you guys were saying before, like, growing up with completely different parents. But, like, in a complete, like, it's, it's so different. Like, there's no way that it's similar because they don't know what it's like to live on a base. They don't know what it's like to have, like, military parents and my dad travel all the time. Um, and so, because my dad literally works from home now because of COVID. And so it's just, like, this whole different growing up um, because, like, it's it's really formed me in regards to, like, moving so often and living in a military lifestyle. Like, it's it's, like... Those things especially have really created me to be who I am. And so, like, being able to relate to my younger siblings is just weird because I'm like, you have no idea. Like, we're completely different people. Like, obviously, you're different people, right? Because you're created differently. But, like, even more so, like, you you know, there's generally similarities in the family. But I feel like a completely different, almost like if, if, if I was in a completely different family. Um, like I, there's obviously ways that we, you know, we, we relate and everything. But there's so many differences. It's kind of weird. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Can I ask? So, all adopted mm-hmm. and different families. Um, yeah, but you mentioned that nature nurture thing. I mean, yeah. all my younger siblings are all, you know, blood related right. and look very similar to me. Just look at our oh dimly God. triplets. Yeah. Me, Gabe, are, and Paul. You guys are like copied and pasted with like, we really are with just a little bit modifications. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How did that? I mean, you see it from the inner perspective. I mean, I, I obviously see it from the inner perspective with all blood related, but yeah, how is that? How is that different that you you think? How do you think that was different with like with with like, all adopted children growing up all together, not yeah. blood related? Yeah, um, I would say it didn't feel. I mean, obviously there was there were probably differences in our mindsets, but we definitely all feel we're all just as mean to each other as if we were full blooded siblings. We yeah. all. We act exactly the same. I they feel exactly like my siblings. Even the ones that were 
adopted like later when I was when mm. I was a little older. I think um I was probably let's see 14, maybe I was younger than that. I might have been 13 when my when my youngest brother was adopted. Um but yeah, it we it's such it gives you such an interesting perspective of the family and like what ties really actually bind the family because it's mm. definitely not it's not as much blood as people think. It's just a, there's, it's definitely a lot about love. Um, and it's important. It's always important that the, that the parents are like very, um, I don't know, intent on fostering a good relationship with their kids. And, um, I think my parents probably felt that a lot more intensely because they were adopted parents. So I don't know. I, it's a really incredible situation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers it. No. Did you, mm-hmm. uh, did you was your family, did you do homeschool or high school or, or no, public high didn't. school? Or? We didn't. We, um, we, I, I went to St. Mary, my sister and I went to St. Mary's in Escondido. Um, so and then all my other. Out. Yeah. Catholic high school. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually went to a public. Okay. So I went to a public charter school called classical Academy. And then all of my siblings after me went to are are going to St. Joseph Academy. And then my sister has gone all the way through St. Joseph Academy through 12th grade. So an RB. Um, no, it's in San Marcos. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. So they're, they're doing entirely Catholic high school. I think, I think that's a whole, that's given me an, a, an entirely different perspective from them. I, that's probably contributed to why. I feel like I've had a different experience of life than them because mm. I've gone to a public, I mean, a semi-public school. It was really pretty conservative, but um, yeah, they, they've they gone to Catholic school all the way K through 12 or they're going to. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what's up. My sister went to, my younger sister, Isabella, went to a Catholic high school in Sacramento, uh, which was really good for her. It was a great experience. Uh, my oldest sister and uh, my sister right below her and sister right below her and I, we all went to public high school and we learned a lot obviously. And that was a good experience for us. Um, so were any of your siblings, did you say that were any of them homeschooled? Nope. None of uh, them. <clears throat> Where, what did you guys do? All public school. Okay. Yeah. No. Wait, all the way only, through? Only recently have we done um, kind of an online charter mix. And I think the younger ones are doing Mother of Divine Grace, something like that. But okay. gen- I was public school all the way through up from – I was homeschooled K through second grade and then second grade entered public and went all the way through public school system. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> and I- now I'm such a – you know. <clears throat> I, crazy anti-Catholic radical, uh-huh. but uh, I, uh, I somehow found, I made it through. You, I, went, you went to public school too, I right? found public school to be great. Yeah, now, me too. Now, here's the thing. We're all from California, and we're up where I'm at. It's a lot more conservative in Northern California. There's a lot more Trump supporters. It's very conservative up there. Uh, and the public high school was actually like really good. Like People were genuinely very nice. I'll cheers to that. Um, you have a very interesting part of California. I do. Grass Valley. I, I, yeah, I'm very interesting part. I'm north above San Francisco, like mm. northeast up towards okay. Tahoe. <clears throat> and up there, it's very conservative. And the high school is great. It was oh, it's so beautiful. We have like the Redwoods and Yosemite yeah. and Tahoe and Mount Shasta. <clears throat> 
And uh, up there, you know, the public high school, we weren't in the city, so I don't think it was as bad. At least wasn't as diverse. Um, it was most, it was like, nine, I think there were three black kids that went to our high school. The rest were white and almost like 90%, like 90% white. Um, but it, we had a little bit of a, a different experience because, yeah, it was fairly liberal. Um, but it was fairly liberal, but, um, it was, people were really nice and it was beautiful. Our high school was like in the middle of a forest. So the football field was surrounded by trees Mm -hmm. and it was just really, really pretty. Um, we had a little bit different view, obviously coming from Southern California, it's a lot more liberal, I think down there than it. Well, I guess it depends on certain areas, but, um, generally up where I'm at, it was a lot more conservative, but. My my public high school experience was the most amazing experience I could have ever had. People were very nice. The education was really good, and and we had we had one of the best choirs in the oh, entire wow. state, <clears throat> Nevada Union High School. And our choir, we traveled the world. We went to wow. we went to Croatia, Bosnia Herzegovina, no Serbia. We went all over the world with our choir. So I feel really. I, I mean, I don't feel I'm thankful in saying this but i feel like i had the most perfect high public high school experience everybody was nice and the education was really good and the choir was just unbelievable we had one of the best choirs in the nation and we would travel and do competitions i had such a unique public high school experience that's funny i did too i felt like my high school my public high school experience was really good Um, it was perfect mine was perfect i had the most perfect public high school experience and I think that places are a lot different. Um, totally. I think that by the by the city, there's obviously probably more. There's, I think it's just more difficult all around. It um, really depends on the place. It does depend on the place, and uh, but I think I just got really lucky. I mean, I think public school is a good option. Um, it can be. It depends. I on think the place. It, can, it depends. It on depends the on the place, and it depends For me, on the person. It, it became mm-hmm. like my apologetic training ground because yeah, there were. I agree. Are you okay? Please talk about that. Yeah. Please. No. 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 I actually. Well, I. I. I don't know if you're gonna have the same experiences as me because I. I hung out with the theater kids in high school, so it was. I was in the pocket of my generally conservative high school that was very liberal. So all mm. of my friends in high school were, were incredibly liberal, um, <clears throat> and I. I maintain that I would not have wanted to go I wouldn't have come to Franciscan if I hadn't gone to a public high school because I realized people would ask me questions about Catholicism um or question yeah they they just question the faith or Christianity um and I felt so ill prepared and I realized that if I was going to be able if I wanted to be out in the world um when I was older I needed some sort of actual formal training but I definitely it gave me a really good um insight into my faith. I was, I I would question a lot why I was still Catholic. Whereas like all these other people weren't because they seemed perfectly happy from an outside perspective, but yeah, definitely. I think, um, apologetic, apologetic training grounds a really good word for it. It was, (laughs) yeah. Cause you had to defend your faith all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I I was an active, I remember, I remember, man, if only I was as radical as I was in high school as I am now, (laughs) I would say Hail Mary's in between like just because I would, in between going to classes, because we'd have like 15 minutes in between classes, and I'd be saying Hail Marys across the quad and just being like, yeah, this is a war zone and I'm here at the war zone. Wow. And it was, uh, that's what really radicalized me was being in that environment and having to like defend the faith in that. It was Funny. so weird. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I remember my government class. I was one of like three people who thought abortion was a bad thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> same same like with three, our class. We had, like that. we had this thing where we'd separate the class. We did and too, like yeah. 25 people would be on this side. And I was with one other conservative friend on this side. Yeah. Uh, Wait, up in your grass valley? Yeah, well, uh, it's even liberal up there. It's California, yeah, but it's, it's California. not as bad as like. California's so like more liberal than anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's the most liberal. It's the most liberal state probably besides New York. But yeah. um, even up there it was liberal, but it was more conservative than the coast. And oh, so, I think California's <clears throat> more widespread than New York. I mean, New York City yeah. is its own thing. Yeah. But like everywhere else, it's, it's everywhere else. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Apologetic training ground. It's it it made me very, you know, serious about the faith. In a now, here here's the thing. I can do that, but my younger sisters who aren't ready to just go read a bunch of apologetic works, read Peter Grafe and Dr. Hahn and all this type of stuff. Um my younger sister, Cecilia, the oldest uh girl, we've decided like just do charter mm. online school. Like yeah. don't try and figure it out in Scripps Ranch which is our local high school um, because it's just so bad. And for, okay, now I'll put it this way. Do you think it's different for girls versus guys with this apologetic training ground? I I don't know if it's different for girls versus guys, but I think it was probably different from my high school as opposed to yours. Wait, you went to Scripps Ranch? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I went to Classical. Ranch. Classical is run by really devout Christians. Okay, um, got it. Yeah, So yeah. they definitely... The, Mine's the straight up public, like two thousand kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what mine was. We had Mine's, like we had like three thousand kids at our public high school. Anyways, yeah. continue. No, there were probably two thousand at my high school, but oh, wow. um, nice. a lot of them were, a lot of them were Christian, um, and that was actually in, that was why it was interesting for me because I would see I had never um, had experience with Christians that believed different things than I did because of Catholic Catholic um, elementary and middle school, so. Um, it was really a distinction for me between Christianity or Protestantism and Catholicism. And that's, yeah, like I said, that's why I went to Franciscan because um, I definitely went through periods where I was like, why am I, why am I Catholic as opposed to like strobe light fog machine um, Protestantism? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely like, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I obviously, (laughs) yeah. Strobe light fog machine. That's great. Well, public school they teach okay well they teach about jesus but in a historical context so they don't bring like theology kind of into it they teach everything bro do they teach they teach about yeah. jesus really Wait, i didn't hear that's like my, I, look, I look, there for that. dude look i'm in a lot more conservative area than you were okay so they what they would yeah they would talk about it but it would be in a historical our ap meaning. european history class which i didn't take started at the renaissance whoa yeah after christianity was starting to make a decline Seriously? Yeah. Yep. That's where that's where the AP Euro starts. Is because like progress is on the non-Christian side. You know that super, superstition stuff is in the medi- medieval ages. I think AP World probably covered it. <clears throat> Maybe. Yeah. The whole AP system. Yeah. Don't get me started. On that. I took it's AP. Just a, it's, it's a bunch of just money games. I took so. I took AP Government and AT, AP Physics. Now AP Government was great. I took the AP test. I got a two on it. I didn't pass it. I took AP physics. I took the AP AP test. I got a one on it. So I didn't pass any. <laughs> How do you get a one? You it get a one AP, your name down. It was AP physics. I didn't know anything. There was, I think I think there was 50 questions. I probably got one right and it was a multiple choice. It was a joke. It wouldn't have mattered anyways. Because Franciscan didn't take any of those credits. But the AP, yeah, AP was a lot of fun. Our AP, our 
AP physics class, we literally blew up stuff in class. That's what, that's what we did because our, our teacher, it was his first year and he was like this hippie guy. So he was like, dude, we're going to have a lot of fun in this class. So we learned some core concepts, but a lot of the stuff we did was like, we went out like on a mini field trip down to the baseball field or something. And we'd like shoot stuff. Like it was great. Like we kind of integrate physics. A lot of stuff that you can uh, then mess around. Yeah, no, it was, it was, um, it was a joke, but it was, it was a fun AP physics. Yeah. Because it was the professor, the teacher's first year. Hmm. Um, So it was, it was a good time. So to take a whole different spin on this. So I was homeschooled. You never know. <laughs> oh Sorry, Kelly. I'm not a big homeschool fan, but I am open to the yes, idea. Yes, you are going to be. Um, <laughs> oh, cheers to that, Alex. Public so, schoolers. We, we right have, okay, hey, historically, hey, all for, for all of our Kellen and Alex <laughs> listeners, we have railed against homeschooled so much. Because of Homeschool Kellen. has just been the, you know. Homeschool which, has been the. Well, it's been mostly you that's been going against homeschool. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really like homeschool, but I am. Op- obviously, I'm open to other interpretations. You're dating homeschooler. Okay, so. go ahead. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to get. I might get whipped on this after, but continue. Oh, yes, You'll you, enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Good heavens, help me. Um, so here's the thing. And like Helen and I have had many conversations on this. So <laughs> we here. had one last night about two hours. Oh, yeah, that went for a In while. the freezing cold. Yeah, that was she a, had a nice blanket, though. It was actually very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Can we nice not blanket. bring up our little. Oh, okay, continue, please, continue. continue, my anyways, dear. Anyways, anyways. Um, so for me, because, um, okay. <laughs> if you're not homeschooled, here's the thing. You have a very stereotypical idea of homeschool. Isn't that make sense? Because unfortunately, there are so many families that homeschool their kids simply because they're like, I want to shelter my kids and I want to pick and choose what they learn. And I want to make sure that they like only learn what I want them to learn and never be exposed to bad things. Now, honey, you're going to live in the real world at some point and you're going to experience crappy things. And so that's why I was really appreciative of my parents because, I mean, granted, I moved so many times. So I had a lot of life experiences. Um, but there are definitely like, I, I was kind of always the odd one in the bunch because I was just so different. Like I, I love to talk to people. I love to go and do things. I mean, I was involved in like speech and debate. I was involved in like 4-H and was like the secretary of archery and like all these different things. And so like, I did things, if anything, like when, when I would tell people about homeschooling, like I did a lot of the things that public schoolers did, but even more so because like I had the ability to experience so many life things and travel and be able to like go outdoors and like live life and bring my school with me. And so I was able to learn these things and granted, like we've had these conversations before. I would like to homeschool my kids. Right. And I mean, granted, I'm not completely closed down home, like um, to public schools. Cause I mean, obviously it's circumstantial where you're at, if there's good schools or whatever, cause my parents almost put me into school. The only fact why they did it is because there was literally gun, gunshot, like, um, like gunshot please. bullets. Yeah, at the, like there seriously the, name and, of the high school. No, there seriously was. There <laughs> was. No, there seriously was. Yeah. There actually was. <laughs> I mean, granted, I lived on base and there was like around you know different places, but my parents were like, "All right, yeah, no, that's that's not." Granted, my I'm like I'm I'm a proud daughter. I love my parents because they the amount of crap they put up with because so many people did not believe in my parents and not just throw my grandparents on the bus because I love them so much, but they were not supportive of my parents homeschooling and they had no support around them. We had no homeschool groups. Like when I was first born, I was born in Cheyenne, Wyoming. There's more cows than people. And so like we didn't have any support. Granted, when we moved to Maryland, different things, we eventually found homeschool groups and I got more involved. But like because I was homeschooled, 
I had the perks of all of these different things that public schoolers love, whether that's dances, whether that's like you're getting involved in clubs. I had all those things, but more. And so like, and I mean, I would, um, a lot of people don't think I'm homeschooled because I'm a very social butterfly and I know how to talk because another stereotypical thing that people believe about homeschoolers is that we don't know how to talk to people, which this is a true fact because there are plenty of homeschoolers that like their parents keep them at home they shelter them. They don't let them go outside. And so they don't even know how to order their own meal at a restaurant. And that that's very cringy and very like that makes me sad. Um, so like I think there's a balance. Like there's obviously good things about like public schooling. There's obviously good things about homeschooling. It just depends like what the parent does to like, you know, what you get your kid involved in and the foundation you have at home. Because that's super important, you know, like I feel like if you public school, like if you put your kids in public school, you need to have a family dinner so that there's a family oriented thing where you are able to come together and communicate so that your kid's not completely excluded from like your lifestyle. Um, And then to be able to like talk through the day and like be able to talk through that, talk with them, like through the different truths that they actually heard and the things that like the society are teaching them are true, but really isn't. Um, Because the thing with homeschooling is you have a little bit of an easier ability to have that foundation um, because you're able to actually teach them like what is true and what isn't. Um, But obviously there's, there's a good balance in both ways. Like I, I mean, I did one day a week schools. I did, you know, online schools. So it was kind of similar to public schooling, but like what we're experiencing now in college with like all the online classes, I did, you know, college classes, AP classes. I did all these different things that public schoolers did. Um, But I would say there's almost a little bit more freedom in like in being homeschoolers yeah, you know, because so, so you want to homeschool oh definitely your definitely. kids I, I don't have, have much of a choice here okay wait a second it's a lot of responsibility yes, to, it. it is a lot of responsibility like, and a lot of time <laughs> like a lot of time and well, effort here, yes here's but the here's, thing. The, here's also like for homeschooling there another thing that like why parents get so scared of this and see here's the beautiful thing it's like with with quarantine and covid like it's a, it's you know it's not a beautiful thing but god makes beautiful things out of it one of the great things like so i nannied this summer and two of the kids that i was a full-time nanny for um they had to do their classes at home so i basically homeschooled them and they were able to get a feel for this and it was really interesting because um they were able to like, yeah, there's all of these parents who were able to understand, like, the beauty of homeschooling and get that balance, right? Like, obviously, it was tough for some, but, like, for me, my parents barely had to do a thing. Like, I taught myself from basically day one. And that's, like, it goes back to the thing we were talking at the beginning of the podcast with, like, responsibility and whatever. Oldest sibling, definitely. Yeah, yeah, oldest sibling. So, being the oldest sibling, I definitely had to teach myself probably more so than a regular homeschooler. Um but that was a beautiful thing because you have syllabuses, you have different things. So like my mom, she didn't have a degree. She didn't study teaching. You don't have to have a degree in teaching to be able to teach your kids um, because like there are teachers, there are different people who study and they make a syllabus for you. They give you all the materials and you just pick the materials you think work best for your kids. And that's the even be- more beautiful thing, like to touch on like the actual schoolwork instead of like the social part of it. You could personalize what your student needs like and what your kid needs, right? And so like... If, for example, if like for me, I'm a very hands on learner, I'm a very externally processor and different things like that. And so there's different like math programs, for example, where like you can use different physical things to learn instead of just like, you know, doing, you know, different problems on paper. And so it's just like you can kind of personalize and then also like get them involved in different separate things that are going to give them the skills and tools they need 
rather than putting them in a public school where they only have one curriculum. I don't know if that makes any sense because you can kind I, yeah, of personalize I'll throw it. To and I and I, I'll throw it to Bridget. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. What I what are my opinions homeschooling, on homeschooling? Please. I actually I over the past probably year I've changed my opinions about it for sure because I I obviously like I said I had really good public public school experience, but um. I don't know. The idea of homeschooling is really starting to grow on me. I wouldn't mind to homeschool. I wouldn't mind homeschooling my kids at all. Um, obviously, like you said, it takes a lot of time and effort, and I would hope that I would be willing to put in that time and effort. Um, I think, I, I think my biggest holdup is that I would feel inadequate as a teacher. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and you know, I think there's a. I had a great public high school experience too. It was great, and. Obviously, dead fish, gun in the car, <laughs> dead <Yeah>. fish. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> that was actually middle school. Um, oh. <clears throat> but um, I think that there is this bad stereotype against homeschool, and that's that people every. I mean, you're a testament, right? You're a testament that came out. You're complete. You're just like a public schooler. I mean, you came out. <laughs> you <laughs> oh, came no. out like you came out oh. like us. I'm saying. Here's what oh, I'm saying. No. Here's what I'm saying. I'm a You're just like a public school. You know, <laughs> all us well-adjusted people. Yeah. I'm like you, homeschooler guys. Yeah. You, I'm a beach you turned out all right. Here's what I'm saying. What I'm right. saying. Um, I think that I support, like, it's grown on me too a little bit. And I support public school. Uh, no, I'm, I'm being serious. I think that, I think that public school can be good. But <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. At least... 80% of the time, the kids need to be away from the home during school hours to learn their stuff mm-hmm. because I don't want the kids at home when they have their homework to do and everything like that. They should be out with other people, hanging Which is out what and doing I did. homework. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, I, was, I support I that. I think day... that's good. I think that's a good yeah. thing. And I think that public, obviously, homeschool, you get a lot, you can teach the kids more about the faith than you would at public school. Public school, you have math, history, English, government, uh, all other different things, but you don't have like a theology that you teach your kids. It's important to teach your kids mm-hmm. to raise them into the faith. Homeschool does that a lot better than public school. Especially if you're a Catholic parent, obviously. Because <clears throat> yeah. here's the thing, like for me, I did one day week schools. I did online classes. Like I did all these other things where I was with kids. And then <laughs> aside from having that, I would meet with different people. Granted, again, I moved so often. So it was hard to have like a <clears throat> consistent group of people that I was with. But like I always had a group that like we met with at like a park. And like the younger kids go, younger kids would go play at the park while us you know, older kids would sit down and do school together. And then also the really cool thing was is like, Again, with the parenting thing, I think you were talking about before with being the older sibling, but this kind of like is consistent with the rest of siblings while being homeschooled is like us older siblings, we would do our own school, but then we would help teach the younger ones how to do their school. And so again, it's it's definitely hard in that retrospect to be the oldest sibling because you had to learn how to do things on your own, be responsible for the younger kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's again with the bigger families. Like I also love that too, because like people always look at bigger families and like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how you do it. But honestly, like us older siblings help with the younger siblings and it balances itself out. It's almost easier that way. Like, I don't know about you all with bigger families because we all come from bigger families. Like, I feel like, and again, I don't want to put like, you know, us all on pedestals, but like we do take a lot of responsibility. We do help out the younger kids. We help with more chores, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, And obviously now we're not at home. And so the younger ones have to pick up the slack, but it's like with homeschooling, 
you like for me for example i would sit down with my younger siblings and help them with like their stuff which like as a teacher it helps you to learn your things because by you teaching them you're almost reminding yourself of what you've learned because i was talking to my brother last night and he's a super cute he's writing one of his like his second paper and um and i totally forgot about this but he said that his first paper like apparently i like helped him write it and he was like super excited to send me like his second one right and it was like, super cool because like it's such an honor to like help them with that growth because then it also helps you to grow and to like learn your stuff a little bit better um and it's funny because like homeschoolers are actually really really smart too like we're able to learn in the way we learn best and it's trial and error. Like if you you realize like this is how you learn, you just kind of tweak it a little bit and just keep going. Like I think a lot of parents are intimidated feeling like they have, it, have to have it all together and be these perfect teachers. But like the curriculums literally are set up for homeschoolers that like they, Seton for example, is one of the curriculums. And like um, Elizabeth Ann Seton was like, she started her own school and there's, so there's this thing based on her where um, you're able to, like, yeah, take this curriculum and it's very like textbook based and you just like the directions are in the textbook. You just do what's there. And then you can also like get your home homework done. Like that's another great thing. Like I could potentially get all of my schoolwork done by noon and then have the entire rest of the day to do field trips, to do things outside, to ha have time with my family. And so there's more of a flexibility I would say with homeschooling too. The only downfall that I would like call homeschoolers on with is that sometimes we get too flexible and a little bit like, oh, well, I can get this done later. So sometimes if you're a procrastinator, it'll never get done. So it's good to have parents who were like on top of things. Something but. that I wanted to ask you, Jocelyn, was how, what is the actual structure of homeschooling? So you have different classes, right? Mm -hmm. The mother teaches. And how does that actually work timing wise? So you have I guess in the morning you have one class and maybe they take a break or something and they have another class. What is the actual structure of homeschooling? Yeah, definitely. Um, so generally, if I can remember, um, we have the like a similar workload. It kind of depends. So like, for example, like a, a common day could look like we have we have a religion class. We have an English class. We have sometimes we have like editing or something like that, which is like kind of similar to English. We have history, science, literature, um, and then we'd have like a language. Like I studied Latin for like six years or something. And so like different things like that, right? And so here's the thing. Um, for the structure, if you wanted, you can do a whole week's worth of a certain class like in one day. Um, otherwise, you can also do um, like, yeah, I don't know. So that was also another cool thing with like with homeschooling. For example, like I'm more of a literature based and English person than I am like a science and a math person. And so if I needed to, this is also a perk of being homeschooled. Um, I could like if I knew my literature, theology and like English well, I can breeze through those classes, take 15 minutes on the assignments for those and then spend me more time on the classes that wasn't so great at. So that's another thing about homeschooling is that you can be flexible with not only like when to get the assignments done and like be able to take them on trips or whatever, whatever. But you can also like, for example, take shorter amount of time to get these assignments done for classes that you do really well in, but then spend like that other gap of time you would have left on classes that you couldn't you didn't do so well in so that you can like be more flexible in that too. Yeah. And I think a big thing is obviously with homeschooling, like you have that day <clears throat> to mm -hmm. teach the students, to teach your kids and, you know, and, and public high school 
there's, it's just the same, you know, it's like you have kids, like my last two years of high school, I was in advanced choir. Mm -hmm. So I had to be at school at six 30 every morning and we sang until like seven 30. And then that's when actual school started. Yeah. I think, I think homeschool offers more flexibility because uh, public school you have basically what our system was, we had a zero period. I had a zero period. And then we had one through seven periods. So first period was at um, seven. Our school started at seven 30 in the morning and we ended at two 30. <clears throat> so we started at seven 30. Each class was like 50 minutes or so. And then we had like basically seven periods minus a lunch of 50 minute classes. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, and that's kind of the structure mm-hmm. of homes uh, of public, public school, school. Excuse me. Uh, that was the structure of public school. And, you know, it was interesting because it was just, it wasn't boring, but it was the same exact formula. Yeah. You know, each us, day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and homeschool, I think it, it offers more flexibility. Oh, definitely. And which I think is a really cool thing. Because for us, like, not to be, like, because not every homeschooler is like this. But, for example, like, if we wanted, if we were having, like, a rough day or something like that and we just needed to take a family break, like, we can allow ourselves to sleep in and then we can do that homework later. Like, obviously, there's, like, with my parents, they were decently strict. And so we tried having a schedule, right? But there was also a beauty of, like, okay, we had a rough day yesterday. Let's just allow ourselves to sleep in. Or if you want to do school in your pajamas all day, go ahead. Get snacks whenever you want. So, like, okay. There's like those perks. Sounds like me in class, like today. Yeah. Your pajamas? All, all my to, class in pajamas. We used to have a pajama day, I think. At, at, but at imagine having that if you wanted every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, there's like, there's a good in being strict with your kids and being like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to have a schedule. Because like, my mom would do a pretty good job of having that. And granted, like, you know, we're a human family. So obviously, that schedule will kind of fail after some time. But then we would get it back on course, right? Or like, even the chores. So like, a typical day for us when I was homeschooled, granted, this is weird because this was like three years ago. So trying to recall this. But um, but like, we could get up and let's say like, maybe we could go to daily mass as a family. And then afterwards, we're going to come home, eat breakfast together and do our chores. So like for me, usually that was like the dishes and sweeping. I had kitchen duty. And then like my siblings would like clean up their rooms or whatever else, you know, right? And then um, so we do our chores and then we'd start school. And so like it kind of depended because the beautiful thing was is like we're able to be flexible and um, to kind of mix it up if we needed to. But that was the cool thing. So you always work with like whatever the needs are in the Mm. current moment. Right. And so like with with public school like it's great there's like obviously god provides in all circumstances right and so but most things are provided for you like you yeah instead of homeschooling where things are uh right there uh you know the mom's teaching you and yeah. you have all your stuff prepared um yeah no it's a completely different dynamic oh it's and, completely and the, yeah. the big thing us public schoolers have against you very few homeschoolers uh-huh. is Oh, well, you guys aren't socialized. You haven't, like, you know, figured out how to be social and deal with other people. But that's because they don't think we're involved But that's the thing, though, right, is because in public school, we are literally out of our house seven hours of the day doing – seven hours? Yes, like seven hours of the day Mm -hmm. doing school. We are not at home at all. Mm -hmm. Now, public schoolers, you are at home, but that's not – obviously not all the time, and there's different – factors within that it depends on the, the family on, yeah. but the only thing see i had friends who actually where i'm from that come here they would do like three days a week they'd go to this charter school or whatever mm-hmm. and then the there's so many different types yeah, of things there's that so you many can different do. ways and for, instead of just public school where you're there for seven days mm-hmm. a week um 
Yeah, because for me you, you, growing it's, up, it's it all was... different. It's all different. There's a lot of different dynamics. And, you know, public school, you're just out. You're out. You can't go home. You can't go home. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess that's a big thing that basically says you, now you are in an environment where you're actually kind of forced mm-hmm. to socialize with other people. But homeschool, you're at home. And I think growing up. It really up, depends because also yeah. like people mm-hmm. get so caught up in the home part of homeschool, right? Because like for me, I almost had such a social life that I was getting the home or like the school part of it done. That was almost the hard part sometimes because like I was just involved in so much. I mean, granted, again. Were they homeschool communities? That yeah. You were, so it okay. was either homeschool communities. But like, for example, like a lot of public schoolers would tease me like, oh, you're never going to go to a prom or you're never going to have these experiences. Guys. I went. I didn't to go more, to prom. I went to go. You didn't I went go to prom. I went to no. so many you more dances than they did. Like seriously, because I would get invited to like <laughs> the public school proms, but then I would also go to like the homeschool dances. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, can we? Most of my, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I started this show. I want to talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, look. <laughs> hold on a minute. I, you I, didn't go to prom. Why didn't you go to prom, dude? They He's had scared of girls. They had prom on the San Diego boardwalk with with a fucking yacht. I was out. I was you, out. You, you were I was out, out reading Aquinas. You were dude. Alex Denling. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like <laughs> literally reading Aquinas. Okay, okay, okay. I probably you were, was reading the Church Fathers. You were reading Aquinas while yeah. everybody else was having a good time. Yeah, um, probably, probably doing coke. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why okay, it was okay, so okay. popular. Okay, okay, there. okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you? Okay. What are you laughing you, about? <laughs> <laughs> you know you, me too well. Alex Alex is not the most social person when it comes yeah, to like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the most Excuse social. Excuse me? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Among Catholics, I am. Among hold the on. pagans, fuck them. You know? <laughs> okay, continue. all right. <laughs> no, dude, I grew up in it. Okay, okay. Uh, the ritzy, Alex, white areas. You know, you know, like, right. like driving their BMWs right. to school. I would walk home as a, as a like yeah. from for like two miles as an act of civil disobedience to the, <laughs> to the powers okay. that be. Okay. I really, I hated it. Okay, okay. And not a lot of people do like high school proms. Okay, there, there's a bad stereotype. With I that. just don't but like dances. You don't like dances because you can't dance. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not a diss. I'm that's kidding. A fact. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I'm not sorry. a diss. That's a fact. Alex. Okay. A fact. All right. All right. All right. Now. Now. Okay. You, I, I tried to okay, dance in say, Africa for say. a while. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I, was in, I was in Africa for like three months. Alex and they did, did go all these dances. To Africa. And I was he, like, he did missionary. Oh, wow. We are really all over the place. Talk a little bit. But everyone. All right. So now we're going to make this the Alex mission show. The Alex mission. What did you do in Africa? Oh, it's a great question. Thanks, great brother. Question. Sure. Uh, Besides, okay. almost get corrupted by the police. You told well, me that I one had story. To, I had bribe you told me that one story, the bribe, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fun. It was fun. They dance a lot. They dance in, in mass. Yeah, they they actually dance in mass. That's why like I experienced in Jamaica, too. The Our Father. Do too. The Our Father. Who? Oh, Franny's. Oh, well, yeah, not, like the, not like the Africans. Hello. The Our Father. The Our Father in Jamaica took 10 minutes. Everything takes longer. Our Father. You know, they're dancing. They're jumping up and down. They're jumping up and down, dancing in circles. The Our Father. I'm like, all right, guys, who art in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. But you don't have to say like freaking 10 minutes of this. I mean, hey, if you want to, go ahead. But like, 
I'm an American. I'm learning from you guys. I'm like, dude, no, our father no, 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 for ten minutes. Hey, screw it. No, 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 no. You're you're legit. Mass was like two hours. The yeah. homilies were about yeah. thirty minutes. Yeah, especially yeah. that's the, what the it homilies was. in you know Swahili or whatever. Did, did you go on a mission or something like that? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, but yeah. they there are definitely priests from Nigeria, just different oh, parts of Africa, and their their homilies are so long always. They're long yeah. homilies. Yeah, they're good. But they're long. <laughs> that, that's expected. Like if you don't yeah. go thirty minutes, it's like you didn't actually give a our homily. priest in Jamaica roasted a couple girls in the front row for wearing yoga pants. <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't wear don't wear this stuff to mass. And uh you know, oh man. J- Jamaica was amazing. The the priest the, our father was 10 minutes. They do clapping for 10 minutes straight. Dancing, no, all sorts of stuff. It's beautiful. I love though. that this is it's so cool. not related. It's a beautiful worship of the Our Father at the Mass. Like, yeah. it's it's amazing. Yeah. Like the, uh, America, we have the most boring masses. I mean, come on. I feel like most Americans should just be deported to Jamaica for like a year. <laughs> just watch. Good just watch. Watch oh. how the Our Father's done well, the comeback. Well, here's the thing. You, come wouldn't back, ac- yeah. you wouldn't appreciate it as much if you lived that way. You know, the reason yeah. you appreciate going there and experiencing it is because you don't live like that. You I know? wonder how I know. a priest feels if he just sees like people leading mass like after the Eucharist. Oh. Like, all right, the Eucharist and then you that's know all what? that matters in the You mass. ever hear, oh, I forget his name. Screw he's, the last He's like moments. a famous priest and he used to come and speak at my parish because we're like the biggest in Orlando and he would come and speak. I forget his name, but he would always call those people Judas because Judas left after the last Father, supper. So the, he would the, literally the, call them out and the call them Judas, Judas. The Judas shuffle. <laughs> yes. Leaving after the Eucharist yeah. is called the Judas shuffle. Yep, that's what he <laughs> would literally say. I mean, who... Who wouldn't want to hear like the uh, last Larry comments Richards. by Father? Maybe that was his name. Like, Shout out to him. Who wouldn't want to? I mean, okay. Look, the Eucharist is the pinnacle of the mass, but like still, there is a certain respect in staying the entire mass and celebrating the entire feast with the community. Yeah. Um, no, it was amazing <laughs> just seeing how like either the Jamaicans or whatever, Alex went to Africa, just seeing how these other cultures mm-hmm. celebrate. They take so seriously just a certain part of the mass. Like the, our father takes, it was like 10 minutes, but it was beautiful. And that they really truly believe this prayer and they're going to celebrate it because yeah. they, be- because they believe it. You know? Honestly, like not to bring it completely back to what we were talking about before, but it's like the same awe can go for just honestly anything. So like whether that goes for like the different ways of doing school, you know, whether that's public school or homeschool or whatever else, you know, like there's just so much beauty in like all these different things. Like there's not one that's better than the other, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, because God's going to obviously bring, you know, good out of it all. Um, it just depends how open you are to it. So like, again, it really comes down to like how much of a foundation you as parents are really giving your kids at home. Um, because that's where, I mean, Mother Teresa talks about this all the time, like how much like, you know, things really start at home because obviously we're all meant to make our way to heaven. Right. And so that's our primary goal. So it doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't and, matter and, how you celebrate mm, mass. And it's I just think, let me bring it back attention. to our yeah. special guest. Uh, okay. How do we <laughs> properly catechize? Okay. Is homeschooling, do you think homeschooling, um, yeah, is the better way to catechize the kids, raise them in the faith? Or do you think uh, like you can do with public schooling, but you have to kind of catechize them outside of it? Well, I did. I did go to to a Catholic middle and elementary school. So That's I, what d- I, did I too. got actual. I like, did the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, I got actual catechetics and it was great. I mean, I definitely had a really good foundation for my faith. And I I remember really loving the faith when I was when I like from a young age, <clears throat> um, 
my second grade teacher. That's second grade's the big year, right? That's like when you have your first That's confession, the big year. first communion. That's the big year. Confession, year. first communion. I remember that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I had a fantastic actually I had the same I had the same teacher that my mom had for her second grade year. Well, wow, we had such a similar experience. Really? Oh my Did gosh. You also? Yeah, I went so basically I went to this Catholic uh this Catholic school, but pre K through eighth. Yeah, and it was all was Catholic. Nice. Wow, we had such a similar experience. That's so yeah. awesome. No, it was fantastic, and I think I think I, it was um, definitely important for me to have that foundation. I I <clears throat> wouldn't know. I I'm sure that my parents would have been fantastic at teaching um, catechetics as well. Um, they just chose to not homeschool. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how I would worked choose. out so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing okay. <laughs> okay, what do you think about okay? By the way, do you need to go exactly at eight? No. Okay. Let's, let's Jocelyn. Stay, let's stay a little bit. Like cool. you we have, a little bit? Let's say like okay. eight thirty. Yeah. Let's, let's say eight thirty. That good? way that'll you wear good? off. That'll wear off Jocelyn, the. Uh, as long wear as he doesn't have total, work. Yeah. My mind is like, dude. I've, flown. Okay, I've had, let's get back to it. Okay. I've had okay. four wait, 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 glasses of wine and a shot of thing. Not enough. Okay. I want to get to this this portion of it. Catholic universities, because this is a. Okay, uh, cheers, by the way. This is uh, Disarno. Uh, this is so good. You like it? Okay, it's, it's Italian. It's almond, aren't the Italians so the best? It's, yeah. it's <laughs> almond liqueur. Okay, that's why it tastes Italy. like an almond croissant. Oh yeah, it does. I didn't even think about it like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's a uh, after dinner uh, kind of like dessert liqueur, yeah. something that. like that. So yeah, we also have Lafroig, but that is like extreme Scotch, really peaty moss. It's great. I love. It's my favorite whiskey ever that's actually my favorite liqueur but okay regardless catholic universities okay specifically franciscan i'm not referring to you know fordham or loyola marymount or any of these other like catholic universities franciscan christendom ave maria how important do you think it is for catholics to go to a catholic university incredibly important definitely also get really close to them yeah, yeah sorry um i i know countless friends of mine that i went to that I went to Catholic private school with and they went to state public colleges and just completely lost the faith. That's not just a stereotype. <clears throat> I, I don't think in my experience, hmm. um, they went to California state schools. Yeah. Oh, no. California state schools. Where did they go in California? SDSU, you know? um, CSU somewhere? Or was it the university of California? All of it, no, no, just all, all over the <clears throat> state. Um, it, it really actually doesn't matter which, public mm. ca- uh, my, my two oldest sisters went to well my sister uh, Camille went to Santa Barbara Calif- University of California Santa Barbara she lost her faith there yeah my, and unfortunately my two oldest sisters are atheists but oh, yeah. I think they know the faith but um, yeah the state school is like just really quick they, they're yeah. just godless yeah. definitely no I think that college is probably the most important place to in the education yeah. part of it yeah absolutely interesting yeah hmm even more than like high school, middle school. Yes. Stuff, I mean, right? definitely more than, definitely more than high school. I don't know. I, I don't know about elementary and middle school because that was also really important for me to have an early experience of, um, theology was really important for me, but definitely college. I think that that is like probably one of the surest ways to. You're glad you went to Franciscan. Absolutely. <laughs> Nice. Is this your second year here? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I love it here. <clears throat> I think it's it it was so funny. Even <clears throat> just going from public school <clears throat> as conservative as it was, as like pretty sheltered as it was, um praying before class 
was like a revelation to oh, me. Oh yeah, same. I and I hadn't done that since <coughs> middle school, and I forgot. I there was there was a part of me that was almost like, is this okay? Like, and I but it's it's so important now. It's so important to me that. I'm getting an actual Catholic education. Yeah. I, I mean, I noticed when, when I was in public high school, I noticed that, man, there, you know, <clears throat> there is so much godlessness here. Like there's so much just things that if these people weren't raised in the Catholic faith, like you, you see all this stuff. Like, and I noticed that being raised as a Catholic, <clears throat> I was able to effectively see all the things that were going on, these people were raised just in atheist families. I was able to see the little things that I would notice as a Catholic, but they wouldn't because they weren't raised in the faith. And um, it was crazy. Our, our public high school, we, we sang a lot of like Catholic music, like all sorts of these really cool Psalms and, and hymns. But man, I tell you, if, if these people were raised in the Catholic faith, like the the public high school would have been so much greater, but you know, they're not like these people, a lot of these people come from broken families and they're sent to public school because that's the best thing that the family can like offer them. Like just, you know, we can't, we don't have the time to public to, to, to homeschool you. So we're just going to send you to public school. <clears throat> I learned that from, you know, growing up in the Catholic faith, that I was able to see so many things within public high school that <clears throat> I knew that wasn't good. That I saw a lot of things that just aren't virtuous or not good, but I was able to recognize that because I was raised Catholic and they're not, they just think that it's okay. And you know, it's a tough thing, but there was a Veritas society debate that we had probably a year ago <clears throat> on whether I think it was rather, Traditional homeschooling was better than regular uh, yeah. schooling. Um, and my point was you have to do what's best for the child. And if what's best for the child is homeschooling them and bringing them in the faith, then that's, that's what you have to do. And if what's best for them is maybe homeschooling them and letting them see the world in a certain way, that they would truly appreciate the Catholic culture that they were raised in through seeing all that secular stuff. And that's what you have to do. And it's just amazing to see how, you know, each person is so different, but you have to try to meet the needs of each person. And, um, that's just a beautiful thing. The Catholic faith is so diverse that it allows us to do these things, but it always gives us a structure to live by. And, I remember you used to see all these bad things at public high school, and naturally you see it because a lot of these. You brought it up on the <clears throat> dating podcast with Claudio. I did, and I, and, <laughs> like, and I did. Oh, we see bad things at public school. We're no, more we exposed than homeschoolers. Yeah, Therefore, no, well, I think ergo. that I think that homeschoolers too, if they're out, they get a they get a sense of what the real world is world is like, and they do. I definitely did. Um, that whole phrase, like the yeah. real world, you know what I mean? It's like, oh well, you know what the real world is. It's, it's like it's you know, the evil part of humanity. It's like, you, you get to see that, you know, Oh, you're public school. You, you saw the evil parts of humanity. Is that so like, just the I, difference? I don't know if that's really necessary. The only difference is that public is, is school that is always out there. Homeschool. Maybe. Oh, okay. You're home for part of the time. Public school is that you're just, you're there all the time. You're not, you can't stay you're home. You're seeing the worst part of so humanity funny. all I've the time. Literally public never, school. I've literally never thought about it that way because like, <laughs> 
So when I was on net, for example, we would literally travel. We were out in the world. But everyone, like once we got off the road, we literally had these talks about going back into the real world because like living on net was just such a like a normal thing to do. And it's funny because that you bring that point up that like living in the real world is almost like, yeah, experiencing the kind of the crap. Just the evil of the man. crap. And, and how is that yeah. real? You know, in the sense of like, oh, well, the real world is like there's actually evil around. But like the fake world is the one where there's grace. It's like yeah, it's so it's absurd. Insane. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like why it's, do we I see that as the like, real world? Like we we almost kind of intuitively think that you know man's natural evil is actually real, but like man's cooperating wow, with grace is somehow fake. It it's like it's so absurd. It's like that is absurd. Oh well, you're homeschooling and you have a good Catholic community, and then, oh well, that's all kind of fake. But like the real <laughs> stuff is like power and you know violence that's and you know so all this. Well, I think, I whatever. think the true. I think the true reality is being able to bring the Catholic teaching into the real world. So public schoolers are able to just, they're there all the time because they're, you can't be home while you're public school. You're at school, but homeschoolers, they're able, they're, they are taught explicitly the Catholic faith and therefore they're able to evangelize to the real world. I guess the question is like, would... and I'm not saying that public schoolers don't live in the real world or uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't say that. I don't think that homeschoolers are not living in the real world because they are. Um, but what I'm saying is that if you have the opportunity to live in the real world, <clears throat> then why wouldn't you? you know what well, I mean? Because here's... then you learn each thing about the real world. And if, I mean, obviously if you're homeschooled, you're not, like, here's the thing. You, it depends on the parent, but like, I guess the... whatever, whatever type of schooling you get, mm -hmm. it is the duty of the parent to to teach the kids to bring them up into the Catholic I guess the faith. question I would ask you is like, okay, so schooling, and I think Bridget, you and I were talking about this before. Schooling has a lot to do with like what builds your foundation, right? Yeah. And so like you're going to be, because here's the thing that I think homeschoolers sometimes forget or homeschool parents is like your child is going to experience the quote unquote real world at some point of their life, right? They're going to experience crap in their life at some point. So here's the thing, like, yes, you could put them in public school so they like quote unquote experience the world real world early on but the thing is it's like i guess the reason why like for example why i would want to homeschool my kids is so that i can build the foundation without them having to experience all the crap of the real world so that they have a better foundation of like the truth and all of these different things so when they approach like obviously and Kellen, you and i have talked about this is like having the balance of like them experiencing <clears throat> real world things but i want to have them spend most of their time building up their foundation first because how can you build like for example you can do this at a public school you guys all like here have had a very unique experience of public school most people have not experienced public school in the way you have and so like because a lot of the public schools that i have known have lived very like very very different experiences and so here's the thing like i guess the reason why i would prefer to homeschool my kids is so that i can have a better foundation for them where they can experience the real world real world quote unquote and they can go out and experience these things but i can kind of have more time for them at home to have more of a foundation not that i don't trust that public schools can give this but they're definitely not going to have as much of the faith. And like, I, and a gr granted, like, yeah, I could send them to a Catholic school, but unfortunately a lot of Catholic schools 
are corrupted because people yeah. find them as a safe place and so there's not as much of a Catholic community. So here's totally the thing. True. Like the reason yeah. why I would have why I prefer to homeschool my kids is like I definitely am not gonna be that parent, grant like God willing that I ever become a parent, but like I don't wanna be that parent that shelters my kids that never like exposes them to things of the world before that they are gonna have to, you know, because like they're not gonna know how to handle it. So there's obviously this balance, but I guess why like me personally, why I would prefer to homeschool my kids is because I can kind of have like, I can kind of help build that foundation of truth. Obviously I'm imperfect and I'm not going to have the best definition of truth because I'm not God, but I'm going to have a, probably a little better of a place than like say a public school that doesn't necessarily is founded on the faith, you know, having that foundation for them so that they can have a balance and have a better foundation when they do experience those things of the quote unquote real. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any yeah. sense. So I, I'm just thinking of like <laughs> judging ourselves 10 years from now, like listening back to this 10 years from now, you know, like, yeah, like, I mean, oh, I'd, I'd never, you know, send them to public school. And like, I don't know. I mean, maybe some circumstance leads us to be like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, public school kids are, you know, I think the I, point, I don't know. Again, yeah. I'm not closed I'm just, off to it. No, yeah. I know. But like, um, I don't I know. I, I'm just thinking homeschool. Here's what I here's what I think. Thinking future wise. I yeah, think right. the point I think the, I think the any point, of the podcast who, who knows what the hell's gonna happen in the Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. right. No it's gonna be so fun to look back on these. I have what, no idea. I'm back at Franciscan. And, and You're I think, back at Franciscan. And I think here's what the point is, is that we've all had different high school experiences technically. Mm-hmm. But growing up in the faith, we are supposed to teach our children Catholic principles and teach them how to grow up in the faith. It is the duty is the parents to make that decision. Um, but I think the point is that there's a balance. There has to be a balance somewhere. You know what I mean? And my parents taught me, you know, they sent me off to public school, which was great. But that didn't necessarily detract from my learning of Catholicism, growing up in Catholicism, because we did that like every Sunday. Mm-hmm. We would read the readings and we would talk about it and things like that. I just think that there's a balance in everything that you do mm. um, and that that balance should be carefully um, taken into consideration. Um, which, Let me which throw it to our point. special yeah. guest once again. Yeah. Because Bridget, I, I feel like we haven't given you enough yeah. time for this. Bridget, um, continue. Okay. So um, you guys, so you did classical academy. Your siblings are doing St. Joseph yes. Catholic school. Do you think that's the best place for them at the moment? Um, Catholic school. What do you see as being like the benefits of doing Catholic school? The detract, you know, detractions from that. Yeah. So I can't actually, I can't speak. Obviously I can't speak from experience of St. Joseph, but St. Joseph Academy is one of the outliers in, um, in the Catholic schools in San Diego, at least the high school. Um, because there are other high schools in San Diego that my friends have gone to and gotten into drugs and drinking and, St. Joseph is in no way like that at all. Oh, good. It's yeah. really, really not, not solid. Not like cathedral. No, not even close. No, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking San, about. A little San Diego insider stuff right yeah. there. Cathedral and St. Augustine. Cathedral I don't know Catholic. any SoCal stuff, okay? Just continue. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm no, learning. that is like, th- those are worse than probably the worst public schools in San Diego. And um, my parents found a very, very good alternative to those. So for them they're getting an actual classical education. They're really getting all of my younger siblings um, are getting the education that I think I wish I would have had. Um, The education that I was always looking forward to in college, actually they're learning Latin 
and they're getting very rigorously um, taught in every single subject. So they're having a fantastic experience education wise and theology wise, all of almost all of their, um, almost all their teachers are actually Franciscan alumni, which is oh, wow. why they, oh, they wow. convinced me. They basically were the ones that convinced me to, to come to Franciscan. Bam. Okay. Go um, I don't even know what I was saying. On, uh, so. Oh yeah. Classical Academy. The, the, yeah, all the alumni, those, those guys, they, they, so they're, they obviously are super solidly, um, trained in theology and they're passing that on to their students. So they're getting honestly a completely different education than I did. And I loved my education. Um, but it definitely is more rigorous. So I think that if you can find those good pockets, um, it's important to, I don't know. I, I really, I think. St. Joseph is just the outlier in terms of high school specifically. I think if I, if I, who runs that school? Um, right now it's, uh, it's Luke Heinchel is his name. He, he's the principal. Is Miles Christie involved in that? Yeah, they're, they're involved. They're not, um, directly involved. They're not directly involved. It's actually not a diocesan school. So it's not connected to any diocese in particular. It's really its own independent thing, which makes it, it, it's a really unique situation for them. Um, it gives them a lot of independence. Good on San Diego. So man. in, in yeah. having a school like that. So right. in San Diego, San Diego. Once again, shout out. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, San oh, Diego, I, baby. Our Lady of Guadalupe, right? Tell me, man. So in San Diego, in general, I'm just curious. A lot of the public schools. Are there a lot of Catholic teachers that teach in the public schools that are Catholic, but maybe? Or is it more of just like secular teachers in the public high schools? My, oh, dude, total communist. Yeah, no, there's, I, my my public high school didn't. I, I think I had maybe one Catholic teacher and they never talked about it, obviously, because they're not legally allowed to talk about it. But they're definitely. Yeah, I would say they were. I had a lot of younger teachers, so they were all more liberal. But I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think the Catholic teachers would be flocking to the San Diego public high schools. Yeah, it's but it's a very difficult situation. I mean, you also take our diocese, um, Bishop Bishop McElroy. My pastor told me he was like, "Yeah, I'm actively telling people not to join our diocese," and I was yeah. like, "Damn!" So, and and for good reason. I mean, our our diocese with our bishop, it's just not it's not going well right now. Nope. And Cathedral Catholic is anything but catholic and it's just really absurd um but i mean it's it's characteristic of socal i mean socal has been in that kind of decline for a long time but it's interesting there there's pockets of really radical catholics yes so eileen who's up here at franciscan she um also part of the veritas society she lives in Mission Viejo, and I got to go up there and like see some of the Norbertines that are up there. They they have a Norbertine. Uh, I don't know if you, have you seen I've that. I've been there. Yeah, I've, I've been, been to Mission so cool. Viejo once, and it was really yeah. pretty. They are legit, <clears throat> and they have a Catholic high school there that's legit. I think and it's, it's closing in, now. That what? high school, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I'm pretty sure that high school. Are you closed. serious? I've been yeah. to Mission Viejo once, yeah. and it was very very pretty. It was awesome. It's a really cool you place, know, yeah. I don't know if you know Angela. Why didn't you come there. see me? Where dude, were you? <laughs> dude, <laughs> you I, were right there. I was dude, an hour away. I try to hit everywhere in SoCal, but it's so big. 
Yeah, it I'm ain't try- big. You were 30 minutes away from me. You're I'm like trying to meet. There's so many okay, kids. Whatever. So- okay. Whatever. Look, I love John Alex. Selly came to San Diego. <laughs> don't, don't bring me in. I'm He's bringing great. you in. <laughs> He's great. John Selly's the, the man. He's the um, man. All right, but, but, but why didn't you come, man? Dude, we had the whole my summer. My parents What's were traveling every other weekend. I'm trying to meet you in SoCal. But I had so much stuff to do that I wasn't able to do it. I was like, Mom, can I go down to SoCal? Lame. No, you have things to do this week. I think I'm going to scratch you after this. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start this like damn it. podcast. Like like uh, okay. Yeah. No, San Diego. Uh, so, yeah. I think, yeah, maybe there's hope. We have pockets of yeah, really cool about Catholics. It. Think about it reasonably. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. We're talking San Diego. Okay. No, back no, no, to San no, Diego. I'm saying California, right, California has 10 million Catholics out of 40 million. How many are devout? Probably five. I don't know, so. though, because I think so. Maybe Cal- more. San Diego specifically is literally is Catholic answers. That's everyone. Like everyone that's there. San is. Diego, St. Diego. I mean, yeah. think about it. <laughs> Correct. Really good insight. <clears throat> no, but I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you. Kellen like, Alex, I heard her first. <laughs> how many missions are down there founded by St. Unipero Uh, There's Tons. San Diego de Alcala. There's... I don't know what San else. San Antonio de Paula. <laughs> we, my family used to. That was about like probably so thirty minutes. So, how away. far away are you guys from each other? Twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, twenty probably. minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. Our parish is really awesome. It's Father so Anthony, good. Father Ignatius. What was the name of the parish? Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Ah, and it's on the whole area is called Carmel. It's called uh, yeah. It's a Carmel great Valley. parish. That is that is like what you were talking about before. Those good pockets in San Diego, yeah. of Catholicism. They, it is such a strong Catholic community it really there. It's so good. Yeah, it's a real blessing to have them there. Yeah, you know, um, we're we're kind of the countercultural northern San Diegans versus like yeah. the rest of San Diego and the rest of you know I don't know Southern California in general, LA. Like, yeah, it's it's weird, but I, and a lot of Franciscan grads. Mm-hmm. A lot of Franciscan grads, a lot of Franciscan are are the head of catechesis. There is a Franciscan masters in catechesis and theology. Who is it? Uh, her. Uh, oh, her. I can't remember her name. Yeah, yeah. But she she went to Franciscan. That's awesome. Got her masters here in catechetics. Came and is the head of religious, you know, religious director or whatever. But yeah, there's. We need to bring it back. I'm I'm telling you, like San Diego is such an amazing place. And um, Dr. Hahn talks about it in his classes, too. He had the option to go to Catholic Answers in San Diego or to come here. And he decided to come here. And I'm sure he still resents that. Yes! <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? my gosh. Like, That's so funny. Instead of going to San Diego. I, I think it, it ended up being better for him uh, just because he's in academia. He's right. in the setting. But, um, yeah, he could have gone to San Diego. Do you he f- talks about it in class, too. He's like, That's yeah, so no. Funny. He was like, yeah, no, Galilee is very similar to San Diego. You know, it's like. <laughs> Like, you know, Galilee's super beautiful. Everyone wants to live there. Like, yeah, San Diego. That's basically it. He's so you know sad. I mean? yeah, no, Do you feel like a San Diegan? Because yes. you seem like a San Diegan. Hey, thanks. In a good way. I obviously. honestly feel very happy about you saying that as a actual native yeah. San Diegan. Because, yeah, I grew up there from 14 onwards. Yeah. My accent. Do I have an accent? I, I mean, I can't say because I'm from. Do I have an accent? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't think that I, California has okay, that. I had, I had dude to. Dude, and like, yeah, stuff that's like true. That. Like, you definitely said I, that a lot. See, see, I adopted that because I had a year where I was like the country buck. 
in my high school class. I was the one who was like, yeah, I'm Alex. I'm from Tennessee. I'm all this type of stuff. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And, uh, and I remember we had uh, like like a, a wasp nest outside of our, like we were in an outside <laughs> bungalow um, part of our high school because they didn't, they hadn't finished all the buildings at the high school. So there were a bunch of wasps we, like kept coming into our classroom. And I would take off my shoe and hit the wasp. And I was the country Bill who was like, I'm getting these wasps. And you know, like freaking hitting with my shoe and all that stuff. And um, I fit the stereotype. But eventually I had to like force myself to to stop with the country accent. There are certain words, and John Sully knows this, which I cannot say because I am unable to say it because of my southern accent. Like what? H-O-R-R-O-R. Whore. Don't say whore. Don't say horror, say horror. So I have a story. Okay, so I was in English class and it was one of those like, we read Shakespeare out loud. Okay, do you know in Macbeth where in Macbeth where Lady Macbeth comes in and she says H-O-R-R-O-R three times. Yeah. This is how I said it. Whore, whore, whore. I am not kidding. I'm not bullshitting. I am saying exactly how I said it. Okay. I thought I said the word correctly. My entire class was dying laughing as you guys are, you know. Oh, man. And I was I was completely <laughs> unaware. And I was like, why is everybody laughing? I said, horror, which now I have to actually consciously say horror. <laughs> because in the South, that last R is like one of the hardest things you could possibly do. Oh, my God. Uh, horror, horror. Horror, horror, If I had to say O-I-L, oil. I would say oil. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are southern southern ways of saying things are very different, man. Mm-hmm. Horror. That's a very hard word for us to say. No, it's even hard. Oil, for me. Yeah. oil. You say oil, oil, no, oil, like that. And uh, so, anyways, I said that in my class. Everybody died laughing, and I didn't realize <laughs> that I had said it weird. And my teacher had to legit just be like. No, don't worry. Go ahead. (laughs) But it it was like one of those, like somebody else was reading something. And then all of a sudden I was like, whore, whore, whore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was bad. It was very, 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 very bad. I was reading for Lady Lady Macbeth. I don't know. It was like, it was like one of those, like, uh, whore, whore, (laughs) whore. Horror, 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 horror. Worst words ever. I hate that word. Yeah, I can't say it. Honestly, same. And I'm like, I'm kind of from the south. I mean, you're semi Florida. Well, Florida's its own country because we have everyone. It is everyone. Yeah, everyone has. And then like pisses me off. Florida has more coastline than California. No way. Yeah, it does because it goes because it goes around like this. California just has this. Because we're, it goes we're a peninsula. Around. We're completely yeah. surrounded by water. Yeah. We're even yeah. hundreds and hundreds of feet underneath the, uh, the coast or the sea. It's crazy. Whatever. California has 890 miles of coastline. Florida has like a thousand something. Well, yeah, it because does. our entire that. state is completely surrounded <laughs> by it. I simply, I like you, Bridget. I simply disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, we all know California is the best state. but oh, I mean, Okay. Do you actually Let's genuinely believe that? Because what, I do. I'll tell you why I believe it. Go. Is because we have Yosemite, yep. Mount Shasta, yes. entire SoCal. We have Tahoe. Yep. We have 890 miles of coastline. The Redwoods. No, yeah. there's no I other state so has the Redwoods. Agree. No other state has the Redwoods like California does. I've been all over Northern California and Southern California. We have the most amazing national parks. Yep. The most sites. 
everything you could ever want yep. we have. And exactly. I, it's like right there in front of me. I would do day trips to Yosemite. I would leave at 4 a.m., get there at like 7.30 in the morning and have the whole day, then drive back. It's so good. I've been arguing. <laughs> I've been arguing. California with, is the most beautiful state that it has the most everything. It just so is. It's, it it's amazing. It totally it's does. all the best parts of America. I've been arguing about this for ages with John Mark Care. It has. About the fact that. Freaking how- John Mark. <laughs> Freaking called out. John Mark, if you're listening to this shit, all right, listen, John Mark, you are the contrarian to all the positions that I deeply hold. I had John and Mark. I, I, I am sure on. you're sitting out there thinking like, oh, Alex, full of bullshit. I had no, John. No, it's true. John Mark. All right, had, I'm calling you out. I had John Mark. You're going to show up to this debate on Sunday where I'm going to be debating, presenting had, pro Von Balthazar. I had like, John Mark. Oh, well, I know more. No, John Mark, I'm calling you out right now. Come and fight me. Come and wrestle me. Whatever I don't know if do. we'll box. Have You're any, welcome. Have any of you guys? Did you? I don't know. Did you struggle? Did you struggle with Bridges? You never in? struggled again. Okay? Bridges, you are amazing. Did you ever struggle with? <laughs> did, you, did you ever struggle with core classes coming in? With core classes, like, did you find That's core right. classes more difficult than your majors classes? Um, never ran. I don't know. Some core classes. Yeah, that sometimes. I, yeah, yeah, see, sometimes Actually, they were they were so much more difficult than my regular classes. I don't know what it is. Like some like of when the you had core to take classes. Metaphysics and yeah. ethics. I got and an A in metaphysics because of French Santa Claus. Ah, oh, sorry. 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 It was so easy yet. I was like, okay, sorry. You know, we're supposed to meet in like these. He wanted us to literally meet in groups like yeah. every week. I was like, Look, I plagiarized half of my final paper. I'm going to admit it. I did. Because I didn't know Jack Swat. Oh, my but, gosh. Uh, you bad man. So you bad, bad man. Bad man. You better cheers me on that one. I'm cheers to you on that one. I'm not drinking any more wine. Drink because, more wine. No, 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 Come dude. On. I'm so out of we it already. We have to finish this bottle. <laughs> so messed up. I. You have got some serious cojones to f- finish that entire the biggest. bottle. All right. Continue, please. Uh, okay, I found some core classes to be so much more difficult than my than my comm classes. I don't know why, but because I think my comm classes were a lot more focused. Yeah. Core classes, there was so much information. I was like, this is just like wild. Like I'm I'm struggling to. I got a C minus in philosophy of the human person. Oh my gosh! I was what? so bad. You're, I was you're a C minus person. It was so bad. <laughs> Alex just called me a C minus person. You're not wrong. I I got some serious. I got a D. Okay. This is how pathetic I am. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> I got oh, really? my girlfriend knows she calls me out on everything. Uh, she knows I'm pathetic, but I'm trying. Um, I got okay, so my senior year, I was like, I wanna have some good time to myself throughout the week. What I did was I had Tuesday and Thursday were my super heavy days. Tuesday, 9.30 to 10.45, 11 to 12.15, 12.45 to 2, 2.15 to 3.30, 6 yeah. to 8.40 night class. Now, I had five classes that day with a total of over eight hours of class. Monday and Wednesday, I had one class. Friday, no class. So, so I was like, okay, this works. I'll do this. But some of my core classes, I just, I sucked so bad. And I was like, why am I struggling with this? I find, I don't know. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm sorry, John. I find philosophy to be so boring. Oh, no. <laughs> it is so no. boring to me. 
like, okay, let's learn about all these philosophers and just see what they think. I'm like, man, I want to get my hands dirty. I want to touch things. Like, yeah, but why do you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. John there said, go. but why do you want to do why, that? That's why. Philosophy is an important, essential part to the human life. But I thought that it sucked. But I was just like, okay, this is all sorts of really cool things regarding the healing and like the theology behind it. Like it was just really cool. Franciscan offers the most amazing theology. Classes. I agree. And, yeah, totally. And, and it's, and it's beautiful. And it's something that we have to learn because also something like it's, it's like nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get to eternal salvation, right? We're trying to get Amen to, to that. We're trying to get to heaven and that's Good what luck. we want to do. And we only, we have the most amazing opportunities to do that at Franciscan. Like we, we have so many, theology classes and so many different uh, in-depth kind of classes that teach so much about the Catholic faith. I wish one regret that I think I had was that I wish I took more theology classes at Franciscan because there's seriously, there's so much amazing theology that I could have learned that maybe I didn't, but I know that there's so much more that I can learn. And I'm learning that from people like you guys Yeah, each day. But um, dude, theology. Yeah, we had the podcast with Rabel last night and she brought like tons yeah. of theology stuff. We mm-hmm. talked about Abraham and Isaac and awesome. we had the other night we, or last night we had this um, young woman who, uh, who her father had a dream of becoming Catholic. Right. Yep. And uh, her, her father her was grandfather was, was in Pakistan. Was Muslim. Was Muslim, was Muslim in, in, Pakistan. in Pakistan. He went to a Christian yeah. hospital and he was like on death's row and he, he was just like super sick. He had a dream of Jesus and he woke up and said to the, the Christian missionaries who were part of the hospital, like, tell me about Jesus. Whoa. Told him about Jesus. He converted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a landowner, had a lot of land. His family disinherited him. He lost all of his land and all of his property, all of his money. And he started living in the, the mission. He died a month later. All no of his way. kids stayed in the uh, mission and grew up and, um, Reba, uh, who was on the podcast, her grandfather was a Presbyterian minister, and he eventually immigrated to the United States, and um, they ended up, yeah. And and she was talking about it. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like she wouldn't be sitting here unless you know. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing story. story. She she was in the Air Force for 13 years. She worked in the Pentagon for a bunch of years, and uh, she got medically uh, relieved from. <clears throat> medically dis- discharged from the Air Force and decided to come to Franciscan. Wow. And we were all just sitting here, you know, like we were amazed at her. I, story. I'm like, like, you know, she's she's in my graduate classes, and I'm I'm just sitting there like not paying attention to class at all. You know what I mean? I'm just I've been here for four years. I mean, like, we literally talked church we, history. We literally talked like an hour after our podcast outside, and she was just telling us her story, and it was just the amazing conversion from. Islam to Catholicism that she had. Her father had a dream of becoming. You talk about having like California be against you. Talk about Pakistan being against you. You know what I mean? Um, Like I'm like, wow! I survived the California public school. It's like, how about you survive the Pakistani? (laughs) You know, total social Mm -hmm. upheaval that it is becoming a Christian. Like you're, you're not even. You're lower than a second class citizen. Because there, it's you're basically a dog. So it's so you lose your property, you lose your social status, you lose everything. And, you know, we talked about, I was in the Franciscan bookstore and I was picked up this book that was, you know, it was talking about Islam and it said some certain, certain things that were like, you know, 
Islam, if you convert to Christianity, Islam condemns you to death for leaving. And that's just part of their uh, religion. <clears throat> it condemns you to death after you leave Islam. It's true. Um, and, and I was just kind of listening to her story and kind of trying to incorporate that. And I was just like, man, <clears throat> you know, when the Quran says you can beat your wife with a stick that long, is that truly a religion of peace? Like, is it truly something that you would want to follow? Like, it's not. Dude, how they no. treat women. How they treat women with Islam. You go out in society and they can barely show their face. What true society is like that? To respect women like that. Islam doesn't respect women. And we were just so fascinated by her story. It was amazing. All her military exploits and just all the stories that she had during the military was truly amazing. And it's a testament to what it means to become Catholic, especially from a major religion like Islam. You know, that's okay. So we were talking about that in my modern political philosophy class with uh, my, you know, Lord and Savior, Dr. Jones. Shout out to Dr. Andrew Jones, who was on the podcast actually previously. Um, Hope to have him back. But um, we were talking about like the early Jesuits. This group of young men who weren't married, they didn't have kids, they didn't have like responsibilities, and they were super brilliant, and they went out and just went against the system in all different ways. And um, we have such a corrupt system today, and I think there's a definite need for Catholic families, as we've been talking about a bunch, but I think there's really a need for Catholic you know, you can call them religious orders or movements or whatever like that of people just saying, I'm giving up all of that. And I'm trying to really legitimately convert the culture because the culture is so messed up. I mean, it's so messed up in so many different ways. And, um, the modern Jesuits aren't, are really doing much for that. Um, Jesuits aren't <laughs> the Jesuits. But imagine the like young men who give up everything, who don't have responsibilities. Cause like the state, if you have kids and you have a family, like you, you kind of have to fall in line in different ways. You know what I mean? To make sure that your family is secure, that they're safe. Like they have kind of a, a, uh, a bargaining chip against you. You know what I mean? It's like, look, I got a wife and kids. Um, I have to care for them. And that's my primary responsibility. Like if the state is coming in and trying to impose on you, then you're going to concede in a lot of ways. If you're a young man and you don't have that and you have no responsibility, like a group of young men who could do that or young women as well. I, I think I think a group of sisters who can really, um, yeah, affect change in that way. That's really radical. And that that could, you know, fly in the face of the system that's trying to control everyone. And I, I think more and more we're getting into a more top-down control approach um, from yeah, the government. I mean, I, COVID has definitely been a very a very in-your-face approach to that. California, we have, a, we have a very specific perspective on that. I think yeah. not yeah. many people are yeah. seeing how intense the restrictions are in California. I, I've even forgotten at this point, we, being so far away from home, I'll call home and my mom actually, my mom came out to visit a couple weeks ago and we were walking around outside in Pittsburgh in the city and I had my mask off and she was like, is this okay? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. She that, said yeah. back home in California, people would, you could be walking on the beach alone and if you don't have your mask on, it's- It's like a crazy. sin. Yeah. It's just crazy. And yeah, and you're so right. I mean, California is so strict and coming out here and see the different 
you know, people are so much more chill about it. I think obviously a lot has to do with our governor. <clears throat> just being King idiot. Newsom. Hey. Hey, Gavin, I, I we put call him on our punching bag. We call, and I we call him, much we call him Gavin or Newsom. Um, Gavin or Newsom. No. That's great. I think, honestly, the big thing is, one thing that I've learned, especially, and I wish I had four years of Franciscan, but I didn't because I transferred. The biggest thing I learned is like, man, our our goal is eternal salvation. That's our That's our whole life and that's our whole goal. And why not take more classes in theology to learn about how to do that? There's so much to Catholicism that I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's so much that I've never learned growing up. And I want to be the most well-rounded that I can as I try to serve God in my life. Oh, and I'm, I'm getting more well-rounded as a drink. <clears throat> you are. And I think that's the biggest thing was, is man, I came here and there was so much that I didn't know. Yeah. There were so many people here at Franciscan that was like, they just know things that I don't know. Theologically, I feel like an outcast. Um, <clears throat> I think it's important for us to all realize that. And one reason that I wanted to stay, I mean, I graduated, but I wanted to stay because not only because of the sports, but because like I, I slowly figured out that throughout my three years here is that, Jesus is really all that matters in life and that, and learning to get closer to him in my life was all that really matters. That's all that matters in life is like getting to know Jesus and evangelizing through the, like, it's it's like, it's, it's Christ's story and we're living out our own story and it's beautiful, but like, (sighs) what an amazing what an amazing university. It's, it's We're Christ, given it's Christ's some, story. You it's know what Christ's mean? story in He's the new Adam. He is yep. the one. He is we are living out our own particular stories in imitation of him. Yeah. That 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 just yeah. You talk about older siblings. You know what I mean? Like Christ being our older sibling who has gone before us in the faith, who has sacrificed himself on the cross. And uh we are acting in imitation of him. <clears throat> We're trying to live up to we the are. example that we he are. has lived. And what a better place to do and that. And we suck at it. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're fallen creatures. I mean, we, we have original sin. I mean, we, grace uh, allows us to participate in that process. Like, coming to the debate, which is immensely, um, it's coming very soon, right? And I am one of the presenters, and I have to be very sharp, uh, unlike I am tonight, um, drinking and enjoying life. No, we're but, um Eventually, I have to be sharp, but um, yeah, it's it's such an amazing reality that God has become man in Jesus Christ, and we like the fact that we, the fact that we can participate in His in, in His grace, in His life, in His goodness, and actually be holy, and not just not just externally imparted to us, like oh well, your actual dog shit, but like. <laughs> I'm going to like put my grace on top of you and like, I'll, I'll kind of see that you're good, but no, 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 no. That's, that's Protestant. What we really believe as Catholics is no, you actually can become good through the grace of Jesus Christ. And through, through the intercession of Mary and through the intercession of Christ, you can actually become good and make the world something more than just like we were talking about earlier about like, oh, well, there's the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Where power happens, where violence happens, where real power struggle happens. 
It's like, no, the real world is where you as the father, you as the mother, like are actually using all of your powers to make your children amazing people. And I've slowly learned, I think, especially through since I wasn't homeschooled, but I've kind of learned. Well, you know, actually, my parents did. a. I took algebra, two at home. <laughs> that was the only thing that I really took at home, homeschool, basically. So I took one class at home, which was algebra two. But one thing that I learned was, is that, <clears throat> man, there's so, you learn so much about Jesus just at home, you know, at the home. And like, you know, coming home every day from, from school and, and Saturday or Sunday from mass, it was like, you, you actually you learn so much about Jesus through community, through being with other people. And, you know, you can learn as much as you want through Catholic teaching and through theology and through all these classes that we have. But man, ultimately it comes down to who you're going to be as a person, like who you are going to turn out to be as a person. Like you can become the best version of yourself learning more and more about Jesus and through theology and through philosophy, you can learn how to become a better person through that. And that's what Franciscan taught me is I wasn't the most philosophical and theological savvy. You still aren't. I'm still not, but I learned that, man, there's so many amazing people here that I can learn from that I can actually like grow in faith from. So many little things like I don't, I don't, I still don't know what Vespers are. You talked about Vespers. <laughs> <laughs> you still talked about like that, and just like certain things about priests. evening prayer. That it's they evening do. prayer. That's all it is. Why did you go through prayer. three years evening of Franciscan prayer. without yeah. finding out what Vespers? No, is. I'm telling you, there's so many things that I didn't know that I learned slowly through people. I was like, man, there's so many things here that I haven't known through my schooling. That how did all these Vespers. how did all these other people know that I didn't? Is because I wasn't raised in that complete environment of learning about Jesus. Again, this is why I'm homeschooling my kids. And and, and tell you what, look, if we get married and you want to do that, screw it, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I do endorse that. Here, but here. What is life ultimately? It's about getting to know Christ and trying to become saints That'll, and trying to get to heaven. Yeah. Why not learn on this earth about as much as we can about that? Like yeah. we can, you know, that's, I've slowly learned throughout Franciscan. That's what it comes to is trying to become the best person that you can be and learning all these theological things, because all it does is help you become a better person. And I wish I took more theology and philosophy classes, but I just didn't. But I know that I would have learned so much more about Jesus and about church history than I already have. And I mean, that, it's like, an amazing thing that Franciscan offers you. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, uh, shout out to Matthew Kelly. He says like his, his famous quote is like, become the best version of yourself. Yep. Right. And so like, that's what we're here on this earth. I mean, like in the catechism, it talks about like, we're here to know, love and serve God. Right. And so that's our main purpose here is like, to know, love, and serve God. That's so like, all it is. It, you don't have to go to a Catholic college. You don't have to go to a Catholic school or to be even homeschooled. But I mean, like, granted, preferably, I would like to homeschool. But putting that aside, it's like whatever that looks like, like you're meant to know, love, and serve God. So whatever your way you could glorify God the best and become the best version of yourself, like, go for that thing, you know? And Go for what the best you are offered. 
like if you are, you know, if you have the ability to learn more about Jesus and learn learn more about the church through an opportunity thing. like Franciscan, why would you not go for it? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's the most amazing thing that we can a- accomplish is learning about Jesus. I mean, this is the same case yeah. for any, any, honestly anything. If there's <clears throat> anything that you can see that you could potentially be doing better or potentially be doing to glorify God in a better way. Like, go for that thing. We're not meant to be lukewarm, not meant to be comfortable. Like, I've said this before, we're meant to be comfortable with uncomfortableness. Like, get used to that sense of, like, doing what it takes to glorify him, whatever that is that's better, that makes you the best version of yourself. And And generally, that will be something that's difficult because that builds your character. And it gives me great joy to know that there is so much that I can learn that I haven't learned yet. Mm -hmm. I will never know the amount of theology that I could learn. Mm-hmm. Like I will never know that because there's so much that I can learn. No, well, I'm that's the beauty now. of it. It's I'm like we're like, supposed to be in awe of God. I, look at, I yeah. look at all these people. I'm like, man, these people know so much theology. What the hell have I been doing the past three? You've years? been doing communications. <laughs> <laughs> that all you being know. like on along this theme, I'm kind of to tie it back. Do you guys want all of your younger siblings to go to Franciscan? <clears throat> I want them Great to have question. the best Catholic education that they can have. So and if do you that, want if, them to go if, to Franciscan? And if that means going to Franciscan, then yes. Okay. I, I've been... Okay, so my younger sister, <clears throat> she's very good at dance. She wants to continue to do dance. And um, I've been thinking, I want her to go to Franciscan, <laughs> which does not have a dance program. I will tell you that. But... I think if she goes to a UC or a San Diego state or any of these state schools, I think she'll lose the faith. Uh, that's what happened to my two oldest sisters. I, 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 at least I'm fearful of that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think regardless of where, whether your career ends you up somewhere, like losing the faith is not worth that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So whether it's Franciscan or it's somewhere else. So my, the sister younger than Cecilia, Sophia is, she wants to be a nurse. So I'm like, Hell yeah. Nursing major, Franciscan. <laughs> yeah. You got it. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, no, that's definitely been going through my mind with my younger sisters. My younger brothers are both here, um, Paul and Gabe. And they and it's been really amazing because Paul originally was like kind of half-half. He was like, ah, I don't know, maybe Franciscan, whatever. He ended up coming here. He loves it. <laughs> you know, he met his... I'll say it. His future wife, which is Maria. Oh, yeah. They Maria, love each shout other. out oh, to Maria. God. She's amazing. Maria. Yeah. Maria is super awesome. And um, yeah, shout out to them. Uh, Paul loves it here. And I think Gabriel already, I've asked him many times and he's like, yeah, no, I could, I could see myself living here for years and years and years and years. In Steubenville? In Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I kind of have the same kind of I've, sort of vision. I've actually yeah. gotten the same. Sorry, I'll let you finish. But no, no, go ahead. Yeah, no. Over this this past semester, I've come to love Stu- like the city of Steubenville so much. I think um, I was just talking about this the other day with Nick Larkins, but um, I think there's something. So Shout unique. out! I know, seriously. Uh, there's something so unique about the community here, um, outside of Franciscan, outside of the school. Um, there are a lot of young people that have decided to stay and create a community here and, and build the city up yep. rather than let it continue to disintegrate. I think the tendency of a lot of people here is to just leave as soon as they can. Well, Franciscan basically, I mean, it literally holds up Steubenville. I mean, it's it makes like a fourth of its income. It's, I mean, look, 
Steubenville used to be this one wonder of like industry and things like that, but it's died since the 1960s or whatever. And and it's just been, it's, it's a sad story, but Franciscan brings life to this city. Um, and I think, I think just having that Catholic witness to the world is really what's going to save the world. I mean, it's the most amazing thing that you can encounter is stories of conversion of people. Like one that we had last night of Reba who convert. Well, her father was, um, Muslim and having, I mean, literally having a version of Jesus Christ, having a version of that, uh, sorry, a vision of that is the most amazing thing. And she, he converted because of that. Jesus works in the most amazing ways. Jesus is weird, man. Jesus is no. I'm just, As you said yesterday, Jesus yeah. is very weird. He's weird. I, Jesus, I'm down. Jesus I'm totally weird, down. Man. Jesus is weird. Jesus that. is, and then the back weird. Jesus is very weird. Yeah, <laughs> John Selly knows, but Jesus is very weird. But he works in the most miraculous ways, miraculous. and that's why we're all here. <clears throat> Yeah, Jocelyn, what do you think? Do you want your younger siblings to go here? Yeah, definitely. So my sister underneath me, she's not really much for college. And she's also, um, she's met somebody that I could see them getting married young. Um, and like, yeah, honestly, I really dig it. Like we've known their, their family for a long time. And so like, I can honestly see her go for community college, like just really simple getting a degree. I did a year of community college as I hiccup. LOL. <laughs> LOL. I, I count like. Uh, um, but yeah, um, for my, so the sister right underneath me, I don't think she would. As much as I would love for her to come to Franciscan, I don't think she actually would. But I don't think, like, she's such a strong, like, I honestly admire her and I look up to her. Her name's Juliana. Shout out to her. But um, I love her so much. And she's such a solid human being. Like, I definitely look up to her. Um, and she just like has a really good head on her shoulders and I'm just really proud of her. And so honestly, like I can see her doing really well with just like, um, continuously going with this guy that she's with and going to community college. But my sister underneath her, Joelle, um, is a very, very, very smart kid. Uh, she skipped a grade to go into high school and is a sophomore. She's only 14, um, taking college classes and all this crazy stuff. Um, and is hoping to do be a nursing student. I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if she, she ended up smart. like <laughs> finding the new cure to some crazy disease, but she actually funny story. She is actually considering doing net like I did and then going to Franciscan. So, um, but for my brothers, honestly, like I feel like so Catholic for saying this, but I really hope one of them does become a priest. Um, be great. Hey, but, more priests, more yeah, the better the world. Yeah, honestly, I could see my brother Jacob becoming a priest. He's such a solid little dude, and I love him so much. His curly hair. Which one's the up. dude that plays baseball? James. Okay, so my it's brother James. James is the one who plays baseball, <laughs> and he's so much of a stud. I don't know if he could become a priest, but we'll see what happens. He Jesus, can knock, he can knock Islam out. But of here's the, the thing: like, what if one of the priests that I'm the closest with is he played baseball. Take that, Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, but what's funny is actually one of the priests that my family is the closest with actually played baseball, like almost professionally, and was actually engaged. 
Um, but then ended up being called to the priesthood. And it's funny because his uh, fiance at the time wow. is actually now a sister and is very well wow. known. So it's wow. very, their story is crazy and I love them both dearly. Oh my gosh. They were um, engaged. Yes, they were engaged. He the priesthood. And, and she, she became entered. his sister. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that love. Jesus broke up there. <laughs> no, but it was <laughs> so cool. The Holy <laughs> John Sally said it. Okay, continue. But yeah, so it, like to go back to your question, Bridget, honestly, like I would love for all of them to come to Franciscan. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, granted, I'm paying for this myself. And so God provides and he pulls through because there's no way that like all my siblings could do that. And like my parents provide for them. So like if God provides for the same way that they, that he has for me, I'm sure that they could. Um, I would love for them to like, it depends on the siblings though, because they're very unique. And especially the sister underneath me, I don't think she needs to go to Franciscan in order to have a very solid head on top of her shoulders because she's, she's amazing. Um, and she's a really solid head on her shoulders. And I would love to see well, I her. know I needed a, like I need Franciscan. Oh, definitely. Same. I needed oh, Franciscan. Bridget, Bridget how, so out of your siblings are are any of them considering Franciscan? Um, like, well, the only one that's even close to considering yeah. college is Julia. Julia. She's, she's, yeah, so she's going to to school next year. Um, yeah, I think a Franciscan is it attracts a very certain kind of personality. Um, at least it looks like it from the outside. I think that coming here had a perspective shift in the kinds of people. I think like even just meeting all the people from Veritas is like giving me a different perspective on the kinds of people at Franciscan. Sweet. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah. No, in a very, very positive way. Okay, wait a second. Can I pause on that? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, I think that there's a <clears throat> reputation. There's a reputation, Not it's not true, for Franciscan um, it, that it's not intellectual um, as compared to... Interesting. Yeah, Compa- I, I compared to what? Compared, compared to what? Compared Christendom? To UD, Christendom. <coughs> oh, what's UD? What's, yeah. what's UD? I've been to Christendom. I I haven't been to UD, but like... <laughs> University of Dallas is Catholic? There, <laughs> uh, I mean, is that a here, Catholic here. university? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't yes. know. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't ostensibly, know. it is. Yes. Um, yeah, no, but I think that... I think that um, I found a very specific niche for myself here in a very good way. Um... It's hard for people um, coming outside of Franciscan to understand that Franciscan isn't just for, I don't know, charismatic. Let, let me stop for a second. Okay. Okay. Intellectual. You, okay, this was one of the greatest things that the Veritas Society has ever had happen to it. You posted in the Veritas Associates chat, because oh the Associates, oh a gosh, rendition no. of the Veritas Associates National Anthem, which <laughs> Veritas, 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 you and a friend made a complete like hymn, anthem, whatever you want to call it, towards Veritas. It was the greatest thing that has ever happened to the club, and it made me so proud, and I, I loved it to death. Explain that, please. <laughs> John, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, John. I never said I didn't. Okay, good. Hold on. Okay, please. It was amazing. It was amazing. If you haven't seen it, I will post it somewhere. I don't know. Okay, I, there's no real explanation. Veritas, 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 Veritas. Oh, Veritas. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It was amazing. It was a real thing. You proposed a national anthem basically to the Veritas. No, I did. You know what? Okay, when I. My first semester here, I was absolutely 
petrified of every <laughs> single member of the Veritas Society. Yeah, um, I remember that. <laughs> I really like, that scary, but I was genuinely like afraid of everyone. And yeah, I know it's hilarious, but I just felt like I could never ever relate to them or speak to them on any sort of level. And um so joining Veritas Society was one of the scariest things I ever did. That it sounds so weird. <laughs> stupid but um i think that i wanted to i i don't know what my thought process was in making that theme song but i was so intent on making myself seen by you guys in a way that wasn't like because i didn't feel like i could match up to you guys intellectually in any way but i i wanted to make some sort of how i feel every day (laughs) and I, I don't know. I just had my, my friend and I, AZ is her name and she's oh, so talented. Yeah, and she is. We just had so many running jokes about Veritas as a, as a group of people <laughs> and we just could not. It, I, I think when I applied, I called it a cult in the actual. <coughs> it's very true. It is yeah. a cult. Oh, yeah. what? There's something, there's something so, the, the reputation that Veritas has outside of the actual society is really funny to me. Um, I, I have no explanation for it. It just was that night. It was like a fever dream. It was like all of a sudden we were. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It absolutely was just amazing. Thank it really you. was. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I made such an. Impact. <laughs> it was something else. I don't know if I have that recording anymore. Oh, I I have it for Did sure. You? I saved it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's in the archives. No. It was profound. Um, that's, that's funny. AZ, Aisley or AZ? AZ. AZ. Yeah. She was in it. Yeah. She's amazing. Shout out to her. Incredible what was that? Oh, yeah. Was that a year ago? Was that in the that fall? That was a year ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, no, no, no. You know what it was? It was in the spring. Yeah, it was in spring. spring. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember that. We started the Veritas Associates a year ago. I don't know a if you guys. I, I don't know if you guys know. I'm the co-founder of the Veritas Society. Oh, uh, who is the founder? Yeah. No, you technically founded. Just, just letting you know. Just letting you know. Just, just what was it, all, Clem? Just flexing all you what, guys. It was, it was Clement and me and Dan McNichol. Raw American steel and twisted sex appeal. There you go. Mostly the latter. <laughs> Mostly the latter. Wait, but uh, yeah. associates only started a year ago. Started by this guy. Actually. Wow. Yeah. I was the original like guy who started the associates. Um, no, but you were the founder of Veritas. I mean, you you had the idea. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. I, I mean, it's grown far beyond what I ever thought it could grow. I mean, I remember. And, and, and it hasn't been. It's not been just me. It has totally been mostly Eileen and Clement. And it, it's great. I, I've really, we've really been. And and, uh, and uh, I don't know, some guy named John Sully. I don't know. No, He's kind I of remember, been a part of it. I remember in the beginning, you were like, I want to f- I want to begin this idea of let's have this intellectual debate on campus about Catholic issues. Okay. Yeah. We all have. When I was a wee fact. We all have this idea of Catholic values, but why not debate each other on certain aspects within it? And you were like, dude, let's, let's found this idea of debating each other within Catholic values. Yeah. Because that's important Clement, Clement, because we all come yeah. from different areas. Totally. So Clement approached me and said like, Hey, 
I'm thinking about starting this club. Like it's going to be about Catholic values and like intellectual part of Catholicism. And I was like, dude, totally. Let's do it. And we started the Anscombe seminars with Dr. Plato. And it was all about defending the Catholic worldview. That's how we started. And we did, uh, we eventually did three debates that semester in the fireside lounge. And, um, what was that? Three years ago, four years ago, something like that. John Sully. Long time ago. And we just kept it going. And it's, it's really blossomed into something I could never imagine. Um, yeah. Veritas Associates having all these type of people. Let's talk about the Kellen and Alex show. Okay. Kellen and Alex show having all these guests. We're on the episode 46. Something episode crazy like that. 46. Okay, and we got look. a crazy guest coming in. Three hours podcast. Okay. Bridget. I'm going to say this. I don't feel like we've interviewed you like enough. Bridget, we're going to give you. Like, I next, feel like we're going to talk more next about half an hour. Josh, Lynn, and Kellen, yeah, like, and Alex. Like, like, I don't feel like we really interviewed half you. Half an hour to just be an absolute badass on the show. Just continue. <laughs> please, please. please, please. <laughs> like, look, we didn't really interview you. Okay. Okay. I mean, we could postpone this or we could do it now. Continue, okay. continue, continue, continue. Continue. Okay. Um, part, part of a stop. Stop I'm, laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm, stop I'm, laughing. I'm, I'm, I believe in the Kellen Alex. Okay, continue. Good. You you are an English major here at Franciscan University. Yes. Yeah, seven younger siblings. Seven, six, six, six younger siblings. Younger You're the oldest of seven. All adopted, which is yes. very interesting. Yeah, ton to talk about. All adopted. Um, yeah. Okay, so you, okay, English major. And and you've mentioned before, you like literature, you like yes. novels. That does explain, that does explain the English major, please. Um, <laughs> maybe off of that. Favorite novels? My favorite novels. Um, I would say I, I change my mind about every week, but I would say top probably three, at least right now. <coughs> East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Interesting. Um, David Copperfield by Charles Dickens, and. Um, you know, probably Brideshead Revisited has really launched to the top of my favorites by Evelyn Waugh. Mm. Yeah, those are probably my favorites in winter break. Find some break <clears throat> Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky is amazing, and I will fully attest to that. Yeah. Alex I'm a Dostoevsky Alex, scholar. Alex, if you don't know, in Austria, we roomed together. And Alex, we had room 303 in Franciscus, which is basically where the guys stayed. Alex in the winter would literally put, he would put one leg up on the edge of the window and he would read Dostoevsky as the, as snow was falling. And it was like a perfect picture scene. Like he would read <laughs> Dostoevsky as, as, as snow was falling and he'd be like stroking his beard. I was going to say, did you have the beard at the time? Yes. I had the beard, he yeah. Stroking, exactly he did, stroke, did you know me with the beard? He would, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He would stroke his beard. He would stroke his beard very calculated. Cheers. Slowly, slowly stroke his beard and be like, dude, this is it. Like, he, this, he would, is it. <laughs> this is it. That's so funny. No, I said that the other day. You were talking about how you, even right now, when you said you dished from to go read Dostoevsky or whatever, I think that's very Dostoevsky. <laughs> ditched what again? What, what did I ditch? Prom? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Fuck prom. Fuck my high school. <laughs> All you bitches who smoked a bunch of who snorted a bunch of cocaine. Fuck you. <laughs> you had a different experience with prom than 
Nobody was going doing coke in my prom. <laughs> hey, I want to be, yeah, that prom, I'd be down with that. But like, no, not my prom. Okay. Um, I I want to keep talking. For, I, I want to keep talking for another two hours. But I know, I know. No, I <coughs> go ahead. Look, Jocelyn's over there texting Kellen like, this is fucking stupid. Let's go. She needs to do her homework, but I almost swallowed a piece uh, of I got to do my homework. Oh, I'm kidding, Jocelyn. Alex Look, by the out. way, by the way, no, 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 Jocelyn, we love you here. When your girlfriend flips you off, it's like, dude, you better get your head straight. <laughs> Look, I cannot wait for Orlando. I am so fucking looking forward to that. You realize that if you guys keep this up, I will make sure that I will take you all to places where there may or may not be plenty of alligators where you may not really see that. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, alligators, dude, you know, whatever. Emptied that entire bottle. You're gonna almost, empty that. You're gonna almost. empty it. We're gonna oh empty my it. Gosh. We're emptying that shit. We drank the entire bottle of. <laughs> Cheers, brothers. Dude, you have some. I thought you were joking at the beginning. You said you were gonna finish. No, is I am. We, we don't joke on the Kellen and Alex show, dude. We we don't joke around, Bridget. We're gonna have you on more, but like. We don't joke around. Okay, the I, I want to say for for legit, this is not drunk talk. This is, this is nothing. <laughs> Bridget, I I really don't feel like we actually gave you a fair interview. Whatever. Like I, okay. I feel like we just kind of went off. Like Kellen went off on his like. I really like enjoy spanking. Yeah. <laughs> for like a very no long time. <laughs> Which I don't think is very appropriate. Uh, uh. I, I apologize to all of our listeners. <laughs> I apologize to all of our viewers of my stupidity. Jocelyn, any any comments, please? Oh, one some... in particular. Hmm? How in, much any particular do you comments? think I'm a disgrace right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that on a live podcast. <laughs> right. She is not live. This recorded. The to... Wait, finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, two of us have the cojones. Go ahead and all right, bust please, a... Bridget. Wait, <laughs> I have no thoughts. All <laughs> I terrible. have no thoughts. We're going to have you on more. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, Bridget, go. Yes, you got it. I don't it. have anything to say. Basically. <laughs> Me either. That's called the Kellen and Alex show. <laughs> I, guess, I guess to conclude, if you will, or to bring it back to here, here. kind of our topic from before, um, it was basically just being like the oldest sibling and the yeah. pros and cons of that. It's just like. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what this podcast is about. We veered so far from that. Jocelyn, my love, continue. Huh. Um. <laughs> Jocelyn, continue. my love. Huh. <laughs> continue. I know you love me. Continue. <clears throat> Certain occasions. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am well, kidding. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do we not Oh no, dude! I think this is actually—we've continued three hours and ten minutes on this podcast. This is the most drunk yet amazing podcast we've ever had. Totally, 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 totally. No, and where's totally. the rest of it? It's all gone, dude. We right. drank that. All. This is gone. We right? drank that. And I'm still—I'm still entirely sober. I'm sober too, dude. I'm good. 
I'm good to go. I have to go to the bathroom really bad, but I, I, I want to hear your opinion. Wait, 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 wait. I think the women on this podcast are a little <laughs> oh, bit on the drinking department. <clears throat> Sorry that we're more responsible than y'all men. <laughs> Look, Thursday nights, Thursday nights are the home of the podcast. Thursday right? nights are the homies. Friday, Friday. Okay, John, I'm sorry. I can't hear anything. You know. Thursday um, nights. Incriminate yourself more. Incriminate. I'm sure the. Look, dude. They want to put me in jail. They can, <laughs> we will still do the Kel and Alex show in jail. All right, guys. So we're here. Third day. I've been shitting in the toilet in my room. <laughs> oh, no. All right, I'm Bridget, sorry. I feel bad. You haven't really been drinking at all much. And you're, I'm sure you're completely sober right now. You must think of us as complete Okay, wait idiots. a second. They Both of you guys' cups are full. All right, so I, I can't accept any corroborating evidence. I have to utilize the latrine really bad. <laughs> <laughs> utilize it. Get out of here. Get I, out of here. I have to use the... Go, right go, back. go, go. Okay, Jocelyn, bring us back to reality. What, what do you have to say? This is, yeah. Um, I guess to bring it back to where we were before, just talking about, like, yeah, the perks of being the oldest, but then also not, you know... I mean, there's obviously pros and cons to everything, but there's quite the experience of being the oldest sibling, you know? Um, so, I mean, yes. Tell me about it. We've gone all over, but I mean, in a way to like kind of bring it all back together, like being the oldest sibling is full of that, you know, like you're going to experience just all these different things and um, it's just full of wild adventures, you know, and thankfully, like we get to kind of experience the guinea pig part of it so that, you know, the rest of the siblings can have like hopefully a little bit of an easier time. And we obviously they are going to have their fair share of hardships and whatever else, but um, hopefully in regards to like just relationship with the parents and just how to best relate to them and how you know because i mean for me um just how to figure out how to do the whole college thing and how to do like the whole like moving away from home and all these different things of like how to communicate with your parents in an adult like and you know conversations because obviously you're going to talk to the older sibling different than you will the six-year-old in the family you know um so i mean like there's there's so many yeah pros and cons like not to i mean this is completely derailed from the entire podcast of three hours worth but to bring it back to where we were before um yeah there's there's quite the adventure with being the oldest sibling and i wouldn't take it back for anything um obviously these little moments that i'm like oh you know this really sucks this is really hard i would never take back it's all to unify with the lord's suffering and just his whatever whatever um but yeah the lord makes beautiful things out of all of this but um yeah shout out to all of those oldest siblings like hang in there you're doing great um hopefully this gives you a little bit of hope um, and for all y'all younger siblings know that like, yeah, we, we don't exactly know. I mean, Kellen, you're a younger sibling. Have faith, so. my dear friends, that, you know, if you're in my position where you're like the fourth, you know, just like look up to other, look up to your siblings, but still at the same time, screw with them. Don't, don't scratch them. <clears throat> don't scratch them. <clears throat> don't do that. Put yeah. guns in their car, push them off on their tricycle. Bridget. Okay. <clears throat> let's get back to our special guest. Okay. Let's get back to our special guest. Bridget. But, your but, 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 your, Bridget, your final you, thoughts of like, okay, being yeah. the oldest sibling. By the way, you are. Just, by just the way, to let you, you know, are the oldest sibling. Just to let you know, we are going to have you on more. So yes. continue. Yeah. No, no. You said that. I, I do comprehend. Um, I have dementia. So continue. <laughs> my final thoughts about being the oldest sibling. I would not have it any other way. I think it's given me a lot of valuable life experience. And um, I hope that is it has prepared me either for parenthood or just to be a functional human being in the world i mean it's definitely given me a perspective on responsibility and i think that um i 
to bring it out into a wider perspective, it's given me a lot of insight into how my actions don't just affect me, but they are, um, they set a precedent or they set an example for other people. I think that's a big part of Christianity too. I think that all of our actions set examples for the rest of the culture. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just a microcosm of that. I would agree. Amen to that. Amen. I mean, I mean, and, amen uh, to that. the best microcosm of all human action. The Kellen and Alex show, baby. Let's go, baby. <clears throat> we got it down. Hey, we, we understand what's going on. Bridges. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, there's a Christian religion, and it's Catholicism or nothing. What politics actually is art of people living together, orienting one another towards virtue. And the person was like, dude, flirting is the abortion of love. This is the most worthy, most exciting, most adventurous. Drop a nuke uh, on the Franciscan bubble. The Kellen and Alex Show. God could have stopped it. If he Permissive wanted. will. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why God would allow something like that to go through, but then again, God allows. God allows you to go to... on and on. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Truth, okay. 